0: What's new, listeners? I'm Arthur Howells, the host of Two Cents Critic. If you want to move for reviews of books, movies, and TV shows, then join in. Today, we're diving into the 2008 Catherine Heigl, James Marsden rom-com, 27 Dresses. And hanging out with us for this movie review is Karen Cooper, one of the hosts of the podcast, Trickless, which does breakdowns of books like Ella Enchanted, The Handmaid's Tale, and Angus' songs and Full Frontal Snogging and then occasionally movies, like The 40-Year-Old version and Dead Poets Society. Say hello, Karen. And by the way, as you also know, keep it on my show previously last year to discuss Dune, the newest Dune movie.
1: Hello! hello. It will soon not be the newest Dune movie, so <laughs> I guess next year. You, that's the most detailed summary of our show that I've ever heard someone say on their own show, so thank you for that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, you know, I just like to show off the details, say, you know, for any new, listen- new listeners, you know, hey, what is this show about? I do try to present that, if I can, if it's possible. Yes. And I, <laughs> I-, I want to thank you so much for coming back. This is exciting, and just, you know, how are you doing, you know? Want to say anything for our listeners here, for yourself?
1: I'm doing great. I've uh, had a career change and a move since the last time I was on, so... It's, it's been a wild year since we covered Dune about this time last year, yeah. but I'm, uh, I'm doing good.
0: Nice, <laughs> nice. And you're, you're mentioning Dune, like, oh, the newest Dune movie. You know, it's so frustrating how it's like Dune, part two, it could have come out this year, but then I oh, don't know what well, the spikes are happening for a good reason. Like, hey, you know, the so writers and actors do you need a fair deal. Which, at least the writers, the WGA, actors, as of this recording, the WGA finally got their deal. The AI protections, the fair wages, but SAG-AFTRA still needs that deal.
1: I know, and we are we are fully in support of of the striking and the negotiations. Exactly, yes, yes.
0: <laughs> and also, it was not only Dune Part Two that was delayed, but also Challengers, both of them being Zendaya movies, and they were going to come out oh this God, year, but now the are put next year.
1: <laughs> Damn. Well, it, it'll be, hopefully it'll be worth the wait, and, like, I'll be hyped. really interested yeah. to see what the repercussions from this writer's strike are for the next couple years of, like, media. Yes.
0: <laughs> hopefully, hopefully good stuff happens, good stuff.
1: Hopefully, hopefully. Yes. I'm old enough to remember the last one, and it was, uh, it was interesting. Uh, yes,
0: it was, I think 2007, <laughs> right? Did I call it correctly, if I'm remembering the mm-hmm. year correctly?
1: Yes, I think it was 2007, and I was really into the show Heroes on NBC. Yeah, um, I know about that. that. Was, oh my god, they were getting, they're starting their third season, I think, starting pre-production of the third season right as the writer's strike happened, and that third season was
0: I, I've heard of that, <laughs> I've heard of that. Someday I'll watch Heroes, because I remember when I was a little kid, I always heard about it when I was a child, and someday I'll get into it, but I'm just wary, I, you know, I know about that third season.
1: Yeah, yeah, and when you get there, you'll be like, "Oh, I know what they were talking about now."
0: <laughs> <sighs> well, again, I'm grateful to have you on, Karen. And now I think it's time to get into 27 Dresses. We'll take off with some trivia first about the movie. It was directed by Anne Fletcher, who has also directed Step Up, Sweet Proposal, Hot Pursuit, Ghost Ship, Dumplin', Hocus Pocus 2, and she's also set to direct Hocus Pocus 3, also Three Proposal. Was uh, I covered that on the show some time ago?
1: Yes. Oh wow! I didn't know she directed the the Hocus Pocus sequel and the next one.
0: I know, yeah. It's like it's yeah. It's a very it's an interesting filmography. It's like oh, when you look at Anne Fletcher's movies, it's like oh, you know, there's actually some interesting some interesting stuff here. Yeah, good you know? stuff on there. And I'm gonna say Hocus Pocus two. I did have some fun with that. I actually enjoyed Hocus Pocus two more than the first movie, which might be a hot take.
1: I well I can understand that though because I think for like I don't know are you you're younger than me I think Arthur right yeah I'm
0: 25 yeah 25
1: okay so not that much younger but I feel like there's like I was right on the cutoff for the people who like feel nostalgic for Hocus Pocus like the original one and then but I did think I I was not expecting much from the second iteration of it i was really kind of going in like if this sucks i'm not gonna let it color my perception of the first movie but i actually had a really good time and i thought it was cute and it will be part of my like halloween rewatch every year
0: that's nice yeah and see i don't have nostalgia for the first movie like i didn't see it as a kid even so when i just Mm -hmm. saw it i think i saw it I i might i might have seen it like right before watching the second movie like i didn't have nostalgia, so. Like, Hocus Pocus was like fine, but not particularly memorable for me. But again, the second movie was like, oh, you know, some fun here, some fun. It didn't leave me feeling mm-hmm. like it was a complete waste of time. I had some good entertainment.
1: I think the Roomba uh, b- flying brooms were like my favorite part. That was
0: fun, <laughs> yes. It was It was like, oh, this, I shouldn't be having fun of this, but I'm chuckling. <laughs>
1: <gasps>
0: uh, and then, 27 Justice was written by Alan Roche McKenna, who has. Uh, writing credits for The Devil Wears Prada, Morning Glory, We Bought a Zoo, and Cruella on the list. She was also the co-creator of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, and she made her directorial debut as writer-director of the Netflix rom-com, Your Place on Mine. A rom-com that I must say I found to be quite bland. Did you see Your Place on Mine? With Reese Witherspoon I did not.
1: I did not. I will say they really, really flaunted the success. She really rode the coattails of that Devil Wears Prada success because it is literally... I actually have the DVD right here. I watched this on DVD. It is literally on the DVD cover uh, of the dress that Katherine Heigl is wearing on the bodice. It literally says, from the screenwriter of Devil Wears Prada. So... (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> that DVD is okay it's funny you bring up the DVD because that's uh, that's also part of my mom's DVD collection because 27 justice was on the TV a lot so yes that DVD is like it's somewhere I don't know where it is but it's somewhere and it's
1: iconic it's an iconic DVD cover it is I, I
0: do like it I think I do think it's a, a proper, probably yes which is too bad I did want I your place of mine. It just wanted to be better as like her directorial debut from Canada, but well. Also, Aspen Kutcher is kind of funny. It's like, when I saw that movie, I was like, oh, could it revive his career? But now I'm like, I don't know if I want that anymore. I,
1: I don't know if we need to, to revive his career. I
0: know. I know.
1: If Aubrey was here, she'd be ranting right now. She was, <laughs> okay. my co-host Aubrey is like obsessed with following all of that stuff. Yeah, so. yeah.
0: That's so weird. And uh, the budget for 27 Dresses was $30 million, it grossed $76.8 million domestically, its worldwide total climbed all the way up to $162.6 million. Quite good, quite good on a $30 million budget.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, that's what I have to present for 27 Dresses, and now we can get into our, our thoughts and opinions, what we feel about the movie. So, Karen, what do you think of 27 Dresses?
1: This is non-spoilery, right? Yeah, it's a
0: non-spoilery section.
1: Okay. I watched this movie when, I, when it first came out. And I think it was... I didn't go see it in theaters, but I definitely... This was right at the tail end of when my friends and I would go to, like, the Blockbuster on Friday night. And I remember, like, going to a, a video store. I don't remember if it was a Blockbuster. And, like, renting this for a sleepover. And so, watching it then which I think the the plot concept is is a it's a cool concept. It's a funny it's kind of a funny fun concept. It, it visually it's a lot to play with right with all the dresses. However, rewatching it with 2023 goggles on, it didn't hold up for me as far as it doesn't make women look super great. <laughs> If I put that aside, it's still a very cute fun rom-com from the 2000s, you know, the late 2000s. There's a lot of nostalgia there. I mean, Catherine Heigl's roller set hair absolutely just was sending me the whole time, like her little bouncy roller set curls. But um it's it, there is sort of a sad old maid trope that is pretty much the crux of the plot where it's like, "Oh, all she wants is to get married and you know, find the right person and whatever, and then I won't spoil it. But the things that end up happening, it's like, is this feminism? I don't really think so. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of catty competition, yes. and things like that. Um, but I do always think of this movie when I hear the song "Benny and the
0: Jets." Yes, so. yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, Twenty Seven Justice. Uh, I've got some shout of nostalgia for this. You know, as I said for. It's on the TV a lot. And then, you know, rewatching it. I think I, def- I did see this. Yeah, I did see this a few years ago. So it's not, it's not like this is my first time seeing it as an adult. But still rewatching it now, again, like after a few years ago. It's a movie that I, you know, if I turn my brain off, if I turn off my social consciousness yes. filter, uh, I can just, it yes. can be a breezy time. Uh, this can be easy to watch. I do enjoy the charisma of Catherine Heigold. And James Martin quite a bit. The two actors. I want to say that it's a shame that Katherine Heigl was blacklisted in Hollywood, and Hollywood treated her as a woman who was difficult to work with, and mm-hmm. was just like very shitty. And it's like nah. <laughs> no, no. It, it's weird. I think if she would, I think if she were to make the same comments that she made before about Grey's Anatomy and Knocked Up. If you made those comments today, I think today's environment would be more understanding of her perspective. But back then, it's like, mm-hmm. what? She is being so ungrateful.
1: Right, right. I think everybody has the right to bitch about their job at some point. Like, we all do it. Yeah. I don't know. I think Catherine Heigl was really having a moment in, like, the late 2000s, too, because she had this, and then she had The Ugly Truth with, um, oh, God, what's his name? The Ugly Truth. This is this is Sparta. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Jamar, I, I just stopped. I just stopped saying earlier today. was him.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I, this was like her, you know. And then she had she had Grey's Anatomy for a long time, and it, I like it. I feel like she did those two movies, and then I didn't really see her in movies for a while, like ever again. <laughs> so I didn't realize all of that that she was blacklisted for making those comments. But that is interesting. Yeah.
0: Uh, hopefully, I don't know. I, I, ho- I hope her career can get revived, you know. And then James Marsden, I also really enjoy him. He still has a career, he's been doing stuff still. I feel like Sonic the Hedgehog, oddly enough, has been one of the bigger movies for him as of late, which is good. Like, he's he's really funny in, in Sonic the Hedgehog. And also, jo- Jerry Duty, oh, yeah. he is fantastic on Jerry Duty. And I feel like yeah, he has such a, he can do so many diverse things. He can be uh, a romantically, mm-hmm. he can be funny, he can sing like an Enchanted and Hairspray.
1: I know. I was just thinking about Enchanted too. I was like, this was I think right before Enchanted came out.
0: When um, did Enchanted uh, come out? He's also
1: see. Cyclops. Like the,
0: okay, yeah. I so I don't think the X Men movies particularly use him that well, but what he's bringing yeah, was true. good. You know, he brought the oh, he yeah. bought the meat.
1: I also have to throw out a shout out to my girl, Judy Greer, as always playing the skanky best friend. Like (laughs) she's, she's one of my favorite actresses in Hollywood. That's sort of like that girl from that thing. I mean, she'll always be Kitty from Arrested Development to me. She'll always be Cheryl slash Shirlene from Archer. Um, And she's just had such a prolific career in TV and in, Like these really big rom-coms in the 2000s like you know she was in um 13 going on 30 which is like another classic from this era and she's just so like the exact perfect amount of snarky that it just puts the cherry on top of like every best friend she's ever played (laughs) or slash villain sometimes you know
0: well you bring her up and i should mention then dad's wedding planner she was in that, and that's also a shout out to nostalgia for the wedding planner for me, even though I watched this some time ago, and I'm like, nah, this rom-com doesn't hold off. But you got to turn your brain off.
1: You have to turn your brain off. You're absolutely correct. Like, if you turn off your, like you said, your social consciousness part of your brain, it's, it's just fun. Yeah. It's just a fun... Good time yes. <laughs> with very little conflict.
0: <laughs> and I should note Enchanted came out in 2007, so one year before. Okay. So it was before
1: this. this movie.
0: Okay. Yeah, but yeah, so the cast, you know, the rom com, you can enjoy it if you turn your off, but it is quite funny. Like, a lot of tropes. It's funny, mm-hmm. uh, I'll point them out. Like, there are some moments in this movie where I'm like, this is reminding me of some specific moments from other rom-coms and I'll point it out as we go through the plot. But yeah, very trophy. some sexist stuff going on, it's like yeah, as you were saying, hmm, this doesn't necessarily present women in the best light, does it? Although, <laughs> watching this, it's like, yes, that does, that, that is apparent to me, but it doesn't leap out at me as much as, say, how to lose a guy in 10 days, which I recently, oh I recently rewatched that for the podcast. And it's like, holy shit, I want to set this movie on fire!
1: <laughs> I have not seen that in a long time, so I would love to rewatch that and see how it holds oh, up. Oh,
0: the sexism in this, and that movie goes up the water! Oh
1: my god. I can imagine. I Like, thinking back, like, definitely, <laughs> I'm thinking of some moments. <laughs>
0: Do you remember? Do you remember the names? Do you remember uh, Crawl? Do you remember Crawl? Uh,
1: no, I I. It's been uh, so long since I've seen that movie. That was not like a childhood okay. like. What? You,
0: okay, uh, okay. Watch. You know, you know Crawl. You know Crawl when Crawl pops up.
1: Okay. <gasps>
0: <laughs> but oh, and, and not that not twenty seven Justice. Like it has some, it got some. Yeah, some moments that do make me go yikes particularly a racist stereotyping <laughs> gag, yeah. but you know what, I don't, it didn't make me cringe as much as stuff like in House of the Guy in 10 Days, yeah. yeah, but at the end of the day, what? Uh, you know, 27 Justice, whatever, I, uh, I watched it, you know, I had some life fun with it, again, while turning my brain off, you know.
1: <laughs> Absolutely, it's a good movie to do that for.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Well, I feel like we've been offering up our opinions, our thoughts on this, so now we can offer up our wind-up scores. And now this is the segment where each of us gets to give a score that goes from 0 to 100. So, Karen, what is your wind-up score?
1: I'm going to go with a 42 because I just love that number, and I think it falls right in the right range for me. It is a fun like silly movie but sometimes i just can't get past <laughs> like you said the 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 racial stereotyping and also just the very um prolific idea that is centered in the plot of like women should get married women should desire to get married they should do whatever they have to <laughs> to find a man and be in a hetero marriage <laughs>
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. This movie definitely takes place in a heteronormative world, and it's all about men and women.
1: And there's not even any gay friend stereotypes. Like, I mean, that was the best we had in the late two thousands, where it was like, you know, the the gay guy that shows up when they're planning the wedding or whatever. Like, (gasps) there's not even any of that. I
0: know. I know. (laughs) It's not
1: even bad representation.
0: (laughs) Just no rep. No rep. (gasps) (sighs) Well. I score, I'm landing on 50 out of 100. Yeah, I feel like that's a, a good representation of my feelings on this movie. You know, as I've been saying already. I have some light enjoyment with it, but it's not joining my gallery of favorite rom-coms. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a 2000s rom-com that's... you can feel it coming from the 2000s and whatever. I yeah, I know some people love this, some people do, but not me. But hey, I, at least I don't know this it. the same way I do how to do this guy in 10 days.
2: <laughs> <sighs>
0: well, we have presented our wind up scores now, so I think it's time for us to go into the plot breakdown. So, listeners, if you haven't uh, seen the movie yet, uh, I guess you could turn off the podcast and go watch it if you want. It's currently streaming on Hulu as of this recording. Hopefully, it's still on there by the time the podcast drops. But if you have seen the movie already, or you haven't, but you're okay with spoilers, then you can stay right here. And, okay, We opened with a prologue that's focusing on Jane and Tess, the two little young sisters as their children, and at this big wedding. And this is the event, a big event for Jane and her life, because this is where she fell in love with weddings, when she, when she and Tess were able to help out the bride, because like the bride ripped her, ripped her dress, and Tess used this little ribbon she was wearing to help cover up the opening. Injury.
1: which is so like you would have to have some serious seamstress skills to pull that off like i was like what what did she poke holes in there and like weave it through the skirt like the tool of this girl's bride dress like wedding dress i just i yeah.
0: don't know and, and we don't we don't know how it happened they just cut right to the ribbon being on the dress so we don't, we don't know how it happened yeah
1: i movie magic yes.
0: And also, the mom—the mom died recently. It's like the first wedding since the mom died. The dad's still around,
1: which again, kind of a trope.
0: <laughs> of course, of course, you got to kill off. Of-
1: if there's not a dead parent that you're living yes. for in a rom com, what is what even kind of rom com yes, is this? Yes.
0: I did chuckle when when the bride curses in front of Jane and little Jane, and she's like, "Don't worry, we have cables." <laughs> <laughs> that was a good joke. I like that. <laughs> That's,
1: that was so me. So, like, I have been married. I am not married anymore, but I, uh, I did the whole wedding thing, and my little nieces were about twelve when I got married, and I was cursing up a storm the entire time, and it was like, you know, I'd say a word, and they'd be like, "Shit, sorry, fuck, sorry, shit," and then, <laughs> and my one of my nieces was like, "It's okay. I don't really care. It's fine." <laughs> <laughs> and kids will always try to prove to you that like they're cool with you saying adult things I
0: mean you know what I, I would probably feel like that too as a little kid in fact I, I think I was definitely considering the movies I watched yeah I watched some movies that were yeah. not age appropriate for me
1: you can't shield I mean especially in today's world like I mean it, you couldn't shield our generation from it you're definitely not shielding gen alpha or whatever they're called <laughs> now like I mean it's media's everywhere <laughs> yes.
0: oh social media oh. Yeah. And, um, yes. Oh, also, I should note that it was a young Peyton list who played young Jane here, and not- notable because I had a huge childhood crush on Peyton list that started with the secondary Diary Kid movie. The crush still lasts today.
1: It's <laughs> funny because I didn't recognize her, and I thought, I w- for two seconds, I was like, is that Abigail Bracelet?" And then <laughs> I was like, no, no, it's not. It isn't. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so, yes, Jane fell in love with weddings here. I also think it's funny how in the voiceover we hear Catherine Hyde talking about how like Mozart, the castle, Tiger Woods, all this childly but for Zane, Zane Nicole, she discovers her purpose for eight. Right, right. A natural way. And we and it's weddings. Yes, I think. <gasps> and so yeah, that is Zane's thing now. She does uh, she is a, a bridesmaid, you know, for, for the for the weddings, for the maid of honor. And now we cut to the present day. Where Jane, she, she's in this whole pickle where she has to be a bridesmaid for two weddings that are happening simultaneously. So we have some good old rom com shenanigans by having her run back and forth between for the two weddings. There's the one wedding where she wears the turquoise bridesmaid dress. There's the other wedding, the Indian wedding, where she wears the sari. I do like b- the look of both dresses, by the way.
1: I like that it was an Indian-Jewish wedding. Yes, yes. It was like blending of several faiths. Yes.
0: <laughs> and yeah, and yeah, I, I like that. And I also, I feel like if it was actually differently, her wearing, like Jane wearing a sari could have come off as like cultural appropriation. But I feel like for the wedding specifically, I feel like it was culturally fitting. Appropriate,
1: yeah. right, right. And I think that whole sequence is just, it's a really, really great, and I think this is why I liked this movie the first time that I watched it, is a really great jump into the plot. It's it reveals a lot about the plot. It's visually interesting. It says a lot about who she is. And it's just like a lot of fun to watch. I the Pervy taxi driver, I mean, of course they were gonna do that, I guess. It's a two thousands rom-com. But it's it and it it's fun to like it's it's a great opening sequence, I think. Like especially since we have the t- the stereotypical "Here's me as a child, <laughs> and I'm doing a silly voiceover that's never gonna happen again for the rest <laughs> of the movie." And then we finally get the real opening, yeah. you know? Like,
0: <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah. It shows off a character how diligent she is. Yes, yeah, we gets the job done. That's why her friends mm-hmm. trust her with all of his all of his duties.
1: Which. I feel like to be the maid of honor in two brides' weddings at yes. the same time, and then we never meet those friends, which I know that Judy Greer is, like, obviously her yep. best friend, but, like, it seems weird to, like, those people aren't a part of her life day to day. Like, she just <laughs> hangs out at home or at work. No, no, we just
0: <laughs> rush them aside. They're not important to the story.
1: Women have friends. That's all you need to know. <laughs>
0: and, and yes, there's a curvy per- the taxi driver, Ziggy. His name is. Mm -hmm. He he looks back at a few times as he's dressing, and she takes takes off some of the money that she'll pay him every time he looks back.
1: I want to do the math on what $300 was versus 2023 money in 2008 because I I will do that math sometime not when I'm on the air. (laughs) I feel like $300 went a lot further in 2008 than it would now. Definitely. (laughs)
0: So Jane is helping out as the bride, even helping them both pee in the bathroom. Which is so yes. real,
1: having been a bridesmaid. Yes. Absolutely real.
0: There's a moment where we have another trope here, with, oh, she has to be saved, because at the first wedding, someone bumps her over and the bride throws the flowers, and she's knocked unconscious, and she awakens to find Kevin with her, and she's a little woozy from the fall, so Kevin has to escort her home. This moment here, I guess that's a trope, but for some reason specifically, I thought of the wedding planner when that's for kind of hey oh yeah. have to say there
1: there's so many like i don't know wedding themed movies that came out from like 2002 to like 2010 i feel you know we had bridesmaids we had bride wars we had the wedding planner we had 27 <sighs> dresses like it was just like we were just obsessed with weddings as a culture <gasps> i guess bride wars <laughs> that was
0: another movie for my childhood
1: I actually have uh, that on DVD as yes, well. Yes, I here. I recently inherited a bunch of DVDs from a friend who was moving, and so 27 Dresses was one of them, and I was like, oh, perfect, I'm going to be on Arthur's show. I can watch it on DVD with the special features, I might add.
0: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I saw those special features a while ago. I remember that. I remember that. Did you hear about Netflix, how they sent out the last DVD? No. Yes, it was True Grit. That was the final DVD they sent out for. Oh, that's such a good it movie. Is. <laughs> yeah, the, the reboot specifically—not not the not original too good, the reboot specifically.
1: The, the yeah. reboot, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've actually never seen the original, Me neither, but the reboot's good. The reboot,
0: surprisingly, yeah.
1: I I really enjoy the special features for the uh, the running of the brides. Did you watch that one?
0: The running. It was like that. Haunting There's
1: there's a department store, it's actually just like a bridal store, kind of like a David's Bridal. I forget what it's like. Something basement. I want to say up in like Jersey somewhere that like every year they do this huge markdown on all of their dresses and all of these women come from all over the United States and they go camp out like overnight and they call it the running of oh. the brides because they open the store and they all run in and grab everything that they can. And then they're all trading and bartering with each other. And like,
0: <laughs> yeah, that's sounding familiar now. Oh my gosh. That's such a wild event.
1: <laughs> that's such, that's like such a uniquely U.S. Thing to happen to me. Like, I just feel like, you know, picking out your wedding dress is supposed to be this special moment. Like, you know, all this, you know, all your women come with you and blah, 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 blah. But it's like to commodify it and like commercialize it in a way that's like almost like Black Friday is at Thanksgiving is so uniquely United States American to me. Yes, like, yes. Our
0: country, <laughs> our proud little country, that's slowly heading into fascism and other things.
1: Oh, yes, yes.
0: <gasps> oh, don't you love America? <laughs>
1: Love late-stage capitalism. <sighs>
2: oh.
0: And then on the cab ride, Kevin reveals that he knows he went to two weddings tonight, and we get to learn about his character, how he's a he's a writer, you know, he's working for his newspaper, and he's cynical about love and marriage! Ah! Oh wait, does he even...
1: Of course, because of course he is. Does he even
0: mention his newspaper? I forget, actually. Or did he just say he's a writer?
1: I, Loki, didn't pick up on cuz I think I remembered what he did for a living, but I couldn't remember what she did for a living, like what company she worked for. I didn't pick up on the fact that they didn't work for the same company without knowing it for like <laughs> the first, I don't know, 15 20 minutes and then I was like, "Oh, right, she works for this like like basically it's Patagonia." Right,
0: right. <laughs> like
1: <laughs> an eco
0: friendly company. Yes.
1: Right. Because I was like, what does she do again? She's like an assistant, and yeah, good you know, we'll get to that, obviously. But I think we get more about what he does towards the beginning than what she does. And it's almost like it doesn't really matter yeah. <laughs> like where she works.
0: <gasps> and then, oh no, Jane left behind her day planner and the taxi, and now Kevin has it. This is such an outdated item, by the way, this little day planner.
1: And it, they don't even call it a day planner, they call it a file of facts, which is some. Right. I hadn't heard that word, I mean, maybe except in this movie. Like, that is like a 1980s, 1990s thing to call yeah. that. And I was like, I can't believe they called it a file of facts. Oh. There's a few technological moments in this movie that I'm like, oh, 2008. How wait? Yes. <laughs>
0: And Now we return to Jane, whose closet can't fit all her dresses. Even like the doors can't <laughs> fully the close; they just pop a bit open.
1: The visual elements of all of the dresses together that she saved up is just the fun time. Yes, that is the funnest thing to me about this movie. As someone who came from a costume design background, like in college, I love looking at all of the dresses together and how how fun of a shot, how fun of a visual that is. Like several points during the movie, obviously, because they show them off many, many times. Oh,
0: yeah. Gotta um, get to work. But I, th-
1: I think that's the f- that's the secret sauce. That's the funnest thing about this movie to me is is just looking at all the silly dresses.
0: <laughs> yes. And then Jane is reading an article by Malcolm Doyle in the commitment section of the newspaper, and his article is about a, a carnival wedding. Again, the newspaper. Another little outdated item. Oh, isn't so isn't it so quaint oh to read a physical paper newspaper?
1: And to have clippings to keep clippings from the newspaper, as if you can't just like subscribe to the New York Times and Google it. <laughs> we should say the paper that he works for is called the New York Journal. <laughs>
0: The New York Journal. Because they
1: couldn't say New York Times.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you gotta just change one word. I love when they do that. Like right. when they change when they change a brand. So it's like, oh no, it's not that other brand, but it's like, yes it is.
1: Yeah, it definitely is though. <laughs> Dr. Lightning.
0: <laughs> or uh, McBurger.
1: <laughs> right, right.
0: <laughs> and now we cut to Kevin going to work at his newspaper. He is looking to escape the commission's page. And we also meet his co-worker, Trent, who's played by Malik Pincholi, who is in Phineas and Verb, he plays Baljeet, so that's i lot of nostalgia for that, because I love Phineas and Verb, so I always, like, I, I remember his voice, his high-pitched voice, Baljeet, he's also in Thirty Rock, too. Is
1: he in 30
0: Rock? I don't remember that. Yes, 30 Rock. He, he works he works for Alec Baldwin. He's, like, his like okay, okay. working at the front desk. Huh. Yes, yes. And Chance is like, why aren't you sleeping with a bride right before they get married? You know, they wouldn't be bothering you because, you know, go get married. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Just so we see where the cynicism comes from.
0: <laughs> and then we have Zane and Casey going off to work at the eco-friendly Patagonia-esque company. And <laughs> and Zane works as an assistant to a boss, George, played by Edward Burns, who I kept mixing up. With Chandler
1: I could see that <laughs> George really is too perfect. Like yeah. I just don't. I like it, he's that type of rom com character where you're just like, I mean, surely this guy snores really loud, or I don't know. There's something wrong with him. There's got. I kept thinking
0: to myself, he is just too kind as the boss, like too, way too yes patient, way too understanding. I'm sorry, even if you're a, even if you're a good person. Like you, you're not just patient of a ball. You got you, you're typically more stern.
1: Not a, and like every corporation is a corporation. Even Patagonia has its flaws. okay? Yeah. Like the, the bosses don't actually care about their boys that much. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, and it, and it, we kind of do get some of that. I mean, I know we're. I'm not gonna skip to the end or anything, but like, we we kind of do see a little bit of that when he he constantly is praising her for like you always do the things I need you to do. You're the person who can never say no. You're the person who always is there for me, and it's like there's this, you shouldn't be like that at work. <laughs> like <laughs> you should have boundaries. It's okay. Yeah, boundaries. Like, they don't actually care about you that yeah, much. Yeah, I definitely sh- was
0: not feeling many boundaries in the relationship between Jane and Joyce. And it's funny because yeah, like Joyce doesn't like this with other people. It's just Zane, his personal assistant.
1: Right, because she basically is his girlfriend. With, but she works for yeah. him, and he's not
0: in yeah. love with her. And we also get a quick intro to the front desk employee, Gina the a goth. And that's how she said by the way, when you look up the cast. Gina a goth. Played yes. by Kristen Ritter.
1: I clocked her in there, and I can never remember her name, but I love yes, her. Yes. I love everything she's, like, every character she's in, I'm always like, oh, it's that goth girl that I like so yes. much. <laughs>
0: you know, she is in another movie, another nostalgic childhood movie of mine, Confessions of a Shopaholic.
1: She is in that movie! That's the other thing that I've seen her with Isla,
0: in. With Isla Fisher, and, she, and yes. Hugh Dancy, right? Yeah, Hugh Dancy.
1: Uh-huh. I, I would love to re-watch that movie.
0: Yeah, I've, I remember that being Fairly fun. You know, it's like, it's a fluffy movie. You gotta turn off your brain sometimes.
1: And it's like, okay, how many times are we gonna do that? Oh, women, they're so silly. They just wanna buy shoes and max <laughs> out their credit cards and put themselves in crippling debt. What silly gooses. Like...
0: <laughs> Meanwhile, bought are metal off, lifting weights, and, right, and doing man And stuff. doing Wall Street stuff.
1: <laughs> Cause they gotta pay for all those credit cards their wives are maxing. Yeah! Out. <laughs>
0: And then going back to Kevin, he's arguing with, with his boss, Maureen, played by Melora Hardin. Yes. yes. She, she pops in here, one cast.
1: Oh my god, I just, she will always be Jan Levinson Gould to me, or just Jan Levinson, no Gould, but she plays such a good corporate boss. Like, I think she was born to play that see, role. See, now
0: <laughs> she's the boss here, not like yours. She is a boss in this, in this right. workplace, and in, just what i newspaper. And Kevin, he just wants to write real stories, articles that are hard-hitting, like like about the exploitation of workers in the lace industry, which reminds me so much of Andy's journalistic aspirations and how to lose a guy in ten days. Which he's like, I want to write about politics and foreign affairs and real things, not makeup and how to escape a speeding ticket.
1: <laughs> because you know those things don't matter. <laughs>
0: And with enough persistence, Karen finally gets Maureen to give him a chance to post an article about Jane. He, he wants to write about her, because he's like, Oh, this woman who has gone to tons and tons of weddings as a bridesmaid. I want to write an article about her! After, you know, looking through her planner, her final facts!
1: After violating her privacy! <laughs>
0: <Yes>. <laughs> and then Jane, at work, gets some flowers from some mysterious person, and... Then this is when we learn about Jane having a huge crush on George, and everyone knows about this crush, except for George himself. Just
1: casually. Right.
0: Even Gina. Gina's a girl knows about the crush.
1: Yes. I, it's like, I I don't know how many times I can say it, it's just like, really? The boss? Really? Yeah. <laughs> Come on.
0: And yes, as it was, he comes in, he, he just came from a hike on Mount Whitney.
1: Just breezing yes. in, casually. Yes.
0: And Zane is pays so much attention to him, she put, she put a breakfast burrito on his desk.
1: Girl, <laughs> come on now.
0: And then also tonight is Gina's engagement party, which Zane arranged, of course! Of course!
2: <laughs>
0: and then Zane goes to pick up her baby sister from the airport, and Tess is played by Marlon Ackerman who pops up in a lot of stuff. I feel like I haven't seen her in much stuff, but I know she. I think, you know, she's popped up in a lot of movies, like that, that I, movie with Wayne Johnson, Rampage.
1: I I actually recently rewatched Couples Retreat.
0: Um, yes, I haven't seen that which yet.
1: she... The way that I always describe it to people is it's basically John Favreau and Vince Vaughn doing swingers again, but, like, if they were grown up and had wives. <laughs> <laughs> and Malin Ackerman plays... I believe, yeah, Malin Ackerman plays Vince Vaughn's wife. And this is the beginning of a long string of movies where no shade to Vince Vaughn, but Vince Vaughn casting himself in movies where he has these smoking hot young wives that he probably, if he wasn't a famous comedian, wouldn't pull in real life. And it's like, hmm, <laughs> wonder why you chose this movie. I wonder why you chose this action. Yeah, I
0: wonder why. Yeah, ben, yeah. <laughs> uh, You're making me think now of uh, Vince Vaughn, another movie of his, uh, The Breakup, with Jennifer Aniston, which I haven't seen yet. Oh, yeah. I,
1: I also really, a big Christmas movie uh, that I watch every year is Four Christmases with him and Reese Witherspoon. I haven't seen it one yet. One I haven't movies. seen it, yes.
0: It's funny. Okay. Oh, okay, it's funny, mo- it's funny that Martin Ackerman is in here because she was also in The Proposal, which, remember... She
1: was, wasn't she? Yes,
0: Anne Fletcher directed both movies.
1: Right. She must be in her little black book of casting.
0: Yes. Uh, so Tess yes, she came back from a trip to Europe and she shot the guy on the plane and she transporting her luggage and oh at Jane's apartment she calls it tiny and cute, which I couldn't tell for the life of me if it was supposed to be passive aggressive or if she meant it genuinely.
1: I think it's a little bit of both. I think like Tess has been overseas having this wild european vacation and in some sense she does just want to come home and have like a stable life but also she knows that she knows that her sister feels insecure around her like deep down yeah because she has this like crazy wild life and i just want to say i have these friends who meet people on planes okay and i don't get it i don't get it when i get on a plane i put my headphones in i close my eyes i'm looking out the window if i have the window seat i do not want you to fucking talk to me and then i have these pretty young like very outgoing friends who always make friends on the plane and i'm really? like i don't Interesting. i don't understand i would my worst nightmare is someone talking to me for an entire plane ride <laughs> and i have a podcast <laughs> Yeah, Like, I just, I don't, I don't get it. And I, maybe I just give off, like, I just have RBF or something, but, like, I don't make friends on planes.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm curious about how I feel about that, because the last time I was on a plane was when I was really, really little. I can't even remember the plane ride. So, I don't know, whenever I go on a plane ride, when I can remember it in the future, I'd be curious to see how that pans out. Would I be okay with someone talking to me? Internet over, or would I prefer privacy? I don't know. I feel like I might prefer privacy, but we'll see. We'll see how that goes.
1: I have offended long term partners who've gone on plane trips with me where I put my headphones in, close my eyes, and they're like, I thought we were going to talk. And I'm like, I don't want to talk to you right now. I'm on a plane. <laughs> like, this is my time to catch up on podcasts, listen to an audiobook, maybe read some, like, <laughs> watch a movie by myself.
0: <laughs> yeah, that'd be nice. That'd be nice.
1: <laughs> Anyways, that was my that's my rant for the day. Thanks, guys, for sticking with me on that TED talk.
0: <sighs> and then Jane and Tess are reminiscing on their parents' wedding. Tess didn't care for her mom's dress, but Jane loved it. Setting that up for later.
1: Mm-hmm. That's a little plot plot point there.
0: And Tess also finds a pile of commitment articles that Jane has built up. As I mentioned before, the cool things. The precious clippings.
1: Oh my god. The only clippings I have anymore go straight in the trash because they're my fingernails. <laughs> Is that gross to say? Probably, but I mean, I'm not keeping them.
0: Well, I love it.
1: <laughs>
0: and then Kevin uses Jane's final facts to follow her to Gina's engagement party. Creepy!
1: Which is not... yes. Yeah, so th- let's just zoom out and talk about the stalker behavior. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, look, James Martin, I love oh, you, good. but man, your charm is doing so much to get beyond more than your character.
1: Oh my god. It's... It's too much. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but at least James Martin is playing a role where he actually gets he, gets... he gets a love at the end of the day, compared to other movies. It's true. Like Enchanted it's and... True. Notebook. Well and she you no know, he does end up you with know, dinner mental at the end.
1: You know that's true. That's good, yeah. Poor Cyclops. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and then Casey encourages Jane to get drunk with George and get him in the bed. And that's followed by George saying to Jane, like, Hey, are you okay with me leaving that thing? Very clear, that thing on her- on your desk earlier. Because we, re- we haven't really had a kind of relationship before. And that gets Jane all excited. She's like, what? Is he talking about the flowers? Right. So then right as she is about to approach him and try to get up the nerves to talk to him, Tess just comes in because Jane had invited her earlier. Now Tess is here. She comes in and she and George just are just flying between them. And then we learn, oh, George has just left a dry cleaning slip on Jane's desk.
1: And here we have the necessary plot device of female competition between sisters
0: (laughs) yes because we need it we love to see women compete don't we we do
1: yeah we have to we can't just have healthy relationships where women talk about things besides men and pass the bechdel test it has to be a catty fight to the death over a man (laughs) uh I'm being very sarcastic. Like, I understand. Like, I'm, I'm oh, yeah. taking a step back. Like, obviously, like, this is just a cute little movie from the 2000s. But it is really funny to, like, be like, Man, we really haven't gotten that much further <laughs> as far as rom-coms are concerned. I, just,
0: the trope is popular. It's very popular. It and it's not something that I'm always, you know, I'm, I'm pumped when I see it. It's just like, and we need to trope. We don't need it. Eh.
1: I feel like as far as creating conflict, it it works. It does. However, there's other. There could be other avenues. I don't know. I'm just the type of person who criticizes things without any solutions. So, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, in general, I'm also not in general love up. I'm not in general. I'm not up for love triangles. Love yeah. triangles. Yeah. There are a few examples of love, of love triangles that I can get a girl on board for. Most of the times, though. It's like, eh, this is trite, This is unnecessary. It drags things out. No, no love triangles.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: But we have love triangles here, and then Ke- and then Kevin shows up and reveals he's the one who sent Jane the flowers, <laughs> and Jane reacts. Yeah, of
2: course. Jane is
0: so upset. She heads out and yells, "Motherfucker!" But the camera cuts back <laughs> uh, with all the music playing over it before the F bomb can drop. <laughs> and she yelled at right in front of a 50th anniversary event just next door.
1: Just out back, you know, everyone wants to have their 50th anniversary party right outside the back of a scene I party. know, I was like, just, hey.
0: why are these two <laughs> events happening so What's closely that? together?
1: <laughs> There's like violins playing and then you hear <laughs> and it's like, what? that would never happen. <laughs> no one's planning that.
0: No, 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 no. And then Zane heads back inside, and Kevin reveals, hey, I read your photo facts. And he compares her cramped handwriting to that of the Unabomber's.
1: Oh my god, I did clock that. And I was like, wow, they really made a Ted Kaczynski reference.
0: <laughs> <laughs> of course, they have to throw that into a two thousand rom-com.
1: Of course. She's not writing manifestos in there. She just likes to know how her day's going. <laughs>
0: And he offers to buy her a drink, but she turns him down, and now Tess and Doris are continuing to head it off, so they go out to dance, Jane doesn't doesn't accompany them, now Jane is all upset, and even back home, she's wondering why Tess isn't coming home yet, it's late, she's doing all these miscellaneous activities, cleaning up the place, as Valerie plays over the scene. Oh
1: my god. Is, is it a 2000s rom-com? If... The Amy Winehouse version of Valerie isn't playing at some point during a yes. montage. I mean, <laughs> <gasps>
0: and now Tess comes back and she's like, "Yeah, you know, I'm having fun with George. We're gonna keep going out." And now is...
1: in a completely different dress than she was at the club earlier. Like, when did she go home and change?
0: Did I didn't notice that
1: first. And it's a, it's it's a fantastic, very late two thousands. Everything had to have sequins on it, like mod mini dress. Damn, um, so
0: what happened? And she
1: looks fantastic in it, but where did she get yeah. it? Yeah, <laughs> what
0: happened? Now Jane is acting all weird and jealous, and she's telling her about George, and how like he doesn't eat red meat. He's got an adoration for the outdoors, and his dog, Gatsby. And she's also like, isn't it weird how he hates cashews? Sometimes he doesn't wear socks or sneakers.
1: Because she's low key trying to make her not like him. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but it doesn't work. No, no. And then we have the introduction of, of the dad house, played by Ryan Cohen, who owns a hardware store. And I like the dad. You know, I like how he cooks up the Mickey Mouse pancakes, especially for his daughters. It's cute.
1: It is very cute. <laughs> <laughs> but also, I was like, why the Mickey Mouse pancake? I don't know. I'm so cynical. I'm sorry to your audience. <laughs> Did it have to be Mickey Mouse pancakes? Yes, it did.
0: I mean, I I was thinking about that. I'm like, I don't know. It's just a fun little detail. Just... It,
1: it is a fun little children. detail that he's, he's like, my two adult daughters who are both clearly like in their late 20s, early 30s, I'm going to make them Mickey Mouse pancakes. But a
0: nostalgia. hey, I love them. They're my daughters. I want to treat them like children.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Then Jane finds out, like Kevin messed with a whole week of her planner, just like writing th- writing on the pages.
1: How invasive. <laughs> he wrote his name and his number on like five pages of that thing.
0: Well, of course, he has to do that. He has to get, through, he has to get her attention. He's got to write the articles without her permission. Right. And so she calls him up, and he and he's asking, How can you afford these weddings, dresses, the airfares, the wine of the month clubs? <laughs> and Kevin makes it very clear He's all open for a date He wants to go Apparently, seemingly Yes And then we get, we get introduced to Pedro George's little brother Quote-unquote from a big brother program And when Tess meets him She yells in his face Hola, Pedro uh, And I'm like uh, No No No
1: why? I mean, it's very clearly meant to show that she's the idiot there. Yeah, <laughs> like,
0: but also, also we still don't also need also it. Like,
1: do we need it?
0: <laughs> it reminded me of a very, it, it reminded me of a very similar gag and a long time party for some reason. Just like
1: I haven't seen that.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. That's a that's a rom-com that you also have turned turn off your brain for.
1: That's Jennifer Aniston, right? Yes,
0: and Ben Stiller.
1: Okay, and Ben Stiller. That's right.
0: I to this day, oh I'm still kind of surprised that the movie was the two of them together.
1: Yeah, what a <laughs> what a world to live in. <laughs> what a time to be alive.
0: And Deva Messing also. Oh yeah. wow, that's interesting. And Then they all go to a baseball game where Tess just starts lying. She lies about being a vegetarian, being an outdoorsy individual, being a dog person who mourns the old dog, Toby, She, who she misnames, Tori. But she actually hated Toby. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, lie to the man that you're interested in about yourself in order to get him to marry you. That's Maybe not the message that they're trying to send, but it's definitely... <laughs>
0: <laughs> and Jane, like, Jane definitely, is a forward.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And because we're supposed to be, like, clearly, like, you know, Jane is the good person and um, her, Tess is the bad sister. And then...
0: The selfish sister. Oh,
1: boy. Yeah.
0: And so now we've got Tess and Joyce growing closer over a montage... And I'm just like, how much time is passing by? Do you know? Did you because I thought it was like, what, a few months maybe? I
1: got this I got the sense it was like maybe a few months because it's clearly like kind of unexpected when he proposes to her. Well, sorry to jump ahead, but I, I got the sense that it was like maybe a couple of months and it was sort of a whirlwind thing.
0: Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Which
1: is a maybe another reason why Jane is so appalled because it's like she's been working for him for however many Absolutely.
0: years. And oh also Gina Gina has a goth wedding during this whole thing too. And
1: I I'm never getting married again, but if I do I'm having a goth wedding. It's happening. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I did like the look of the goth wedding, yes.
1: It's it's a it's a vibe. It's a whole vibe.
0: <gasps> and that's where George and Tess say they love each other. Relationship progressing. <laughs> now we cut to to the Patagonia office where Jane helps George with a tie Oh yes, she knows how to do stuff for him again!
1: Oh my god. Girl, stop doing things for this man. He clearly does not care about you in that way.
0: (gasps) And then he leaves behind his wallet. So George brings it to him and shows up at the restaurant to find that George has a whole proposal set up for tests. Jane is witness to it. A Saint Bernard walks in with the ring! Wow, you're engaged now!
1: This is also such a, like, this sets up so many moments in which Jane is the stand-in for Tess, the real love of his life, and it's so gross to me, like, and I think we're supposed to cringe at it a little bit because, like, god, how desperate, but, like, <laughs> it's just, it's just, it's so cringy, like, to, for her to just be there and, like, accidentally, like, she walks in and all the violins start playing, and he's like, oh, guys, no, no, this is not the wrong, this is the wrong lady. And it's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> how gut-wrenching. <laughs>
0: Oh my god. <laughs> so now we've got uh ha- we got we've got how the dad, handing over the mom's wedding dress to Tess for her to wear at her, at her wedding. Again, even though Tess doesn't care for it, but Jane does as we said up earlier.
1: And this it it feels so shitty for them to just be like, oh yeah, clearly she gives no fucks about tradition or her parents' wedding or like things of her mom's but, like, all of a sudden, she just comes for everything that Jane wants. She takes her crush at work. She then marries her crush at work and has her dream wedding planned to wear her mom's wedding dress and have it in the same place. Like, it just, it comes out of left field a little bit, like, to me. Like, but I guess it's just, it's almost like Tess realizes that Jane is would be better fit for him than her, so she's emulating Jane. I don't know. I I don't know. It just feels icky. Yeah,
0: I mean, granted, granted, it's not like, wait, do you think she knew that, that Jane had a crush on George? Do you think she had an inkling?
1: I think, well, it's Jane's fault for not saying something. Yeah, But I do think that it is it's evident to me in certain areas where it's like, it's more about the fact that Jane can't say no. It almost feels like Tess is is pushing her to see if she'll say mm. no because like she took care of her her whole life because their mom died when she was really young and it's like she all of a sudden wants all of these things that jane has clearly stated that she wanted in her life and it's not like you're ever gonna have a second i'm wearing my mom's wedding dress and having the same wedding okay. you know and it it almost feels like she's sort of and this is probably too smart for the people who wrote this movie not no no offense to the devil wears prada yeah. screenwriter but it almost it almost feels like she's testing her to see if she'll push back mm. because Jane is such a doormat to everyone in her life.
0: Interesting, interesting. Okay, see so my perspective is that I think actually that Tess is so self centered that she wouldn't even that she doesn't even notice Jane's crush because she just feels like the world revolves <laughs> around true. her so much. She just focuses on herself and then she gets into the relationship with George, she isn't paying attention to her sister. To the point where later on, you know, when stuff happens, she's not even paying attention to the, to the crap that her sister's putting up with. She's all about, oh, me, 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 me. So that's why right. I feel like. And she's I feel she like She's not
1: She's Bradzilla.
0: <laughs> that's why I feel like she wouldn't notice Jane's crush or any evidence, in my opinion.
1: You're. I think you're. I think you're correct. I, I would agree with that.
0: And then Jane goes to a bar and meets his cousin and she complains about how. Have to handle everything for Tess's wedding. She has difficulty saying no. And then he tests her by repeatedly asking her for fifty dollars. Which she keeps saying no to. No, I'm not gonna give you fifty bucks. But then when the shields are lowered, he gets her to say yes and he asks her for her drink. Which I just get a laugh. I just kind of la- get a laugh out of that. I am a little suck around this.
1: a little bit, yeah.
0: And then Jane and Tess go for a walk. And Tess is asking her about all the wedding tasks she has to oversee. We learn about one little thing where it's like there's someone who's going to be a, a bridesmaid, Julie, who apparently kept teasing Zane about her sharing the itty bitty titty committee through her teen years.
1: And I would like to insert that there is a deleted scene where Judy Greer's character, whose name I can't remember, Tessie. Casey and Jane and Julie, cousin Julie or whatever, are trying on the bridesmaid dresses for this Tessa's wedding.
0: Wait.
1: And they come well, it's, they come out and they're at first you see them from the front. and It's like this really cute, sexy kind of like mermaid black dress. And then Jane turns around and there's a giant white bow on the butt. <laughs> 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 and then Julie, Judy, uh, Casey comes out and she accidentally, quote-unquote, rips her bow off. And then Julie, cousin Julie, comes out and immediately starts going, wow, Jane, you have cleavage. Did you pay for those? And she's like literally poking her in the
0: <laughs> Wait! That sounds familiar. I think I remember the... I if remember you, the poking. I remember of- the poking.
1: Yes. And I, I was like, oh my god. I see why they cut this.
0: <laughs> yeah. We didn't need that. No. We really didn't no.
1: need it. There was enough, there was enough, like, women-on-women crime (laughs) in this
0: movie. Oh my god. Then also, Tess mentions, like, hey, I need help, like, with bridesmaids, because I don't have any friends who are women. And I rolled my eyes at (laughs) that. Like, of of course, of course a woman won't have many women friends. Too much competition, duh.
1: right. Right. (gasps) She's like, I don't get it. Women just don't like me. Also, I want all my bridesmaids to look ugly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then Tess asks Jane to set up a slideshow. Then reveals Kevin wants to do a whole commitment section, a column on Tess and George's wedding. And then she reveals she and George will get married at the boathouse, just like mom and dad. And the way you find out about this is that she says she called multiple times. There was no availability at first, but well, then on the ninth time,
2: they had, oh my a God, cance- story.
0: they had a cancellation because the bride slept with the groom's dad, brother, sister, all these people. A story <laughs> that glosses over so fast while in a of excitement over her wedding taking place in three weeks. What the hell?
1: I want to watch that movie. I want to watch the movie about that bride. <laughs> Like, how did that happen? Yes.
0: Like, that is such a story to just throw in so casually. Oh my god. Oh my god. And I guess the, and I guess heteronormativity had a bit of a a poke through it for once.
1: They're just a little, just a little horrible bisexual representation.
0: (laughs) Oh my god. And again, Tess is so focused on herself. She doesn't even like, take attention to the story. She's like,
1: oh, thank god. Thank God this bride ruined everyone's lives so that I could have my dream yeah, wedding. Yeah. <laughs> <gasps>
0: and then Jane isn't all that outwardly excited, obviously, you know. And Tess and Tess knows, hey, you know, I know you want to get married at the boathouse and mom's just too. But Jane is just like, hey, I just want you to be happy.
1: Oh, shut the fuck up, Jane. Stop it. <laughs> I just heard the steamroller just like flatten her out in that moment.
0: And then at the yoga class that Zane and Casey are attending, I love how Casey is just complaining so much about Tess. Just doing it so loudly, everyone else can hear them, to the point where the instructor has to bang a gong to quiet Casey.
1: Which, I've never been in a yoga class where they bang gongs, but you know, I've never been in a yoga class in New York, clearly. It happens all the time in Sex in the City, supposedly.
0: <laughs> and Casey is enough for being Tess's bridesmaid initially, but she'll do it to support Jane. Support her friend. Yes. And then we go to Jane encouraging a master baker to whip out the cake in three weeks for the wedding, and he tells him about it, but he's like, no, make this cake. And then <laughs> Kevin arrives, and when Tess tells him about Jane throwing away his condoms, Jane realizes he's the one who's writing about them, because he uses Malcolm as a pseudonym to protect himself from quote-unquote crazy rides. So now...
1: Oh, you know, those women, they're so crazy.
0: And Jane is so mad now. She feels like... I love how she says she feels like she found out her favorite love song was written by a sandwich. (laughs) This pessimistic old man just writing so lovingly about the weddings. How can he accomplish that?
1: What does he say? He's like, if I have to write another sentence about baby's breath, I'm gonna lose it. Yes, yes. <laughs>
0: and then Kevin drops by Zane's place, comes across her open closet of Zane's old bridesmaid dresses. And so now this is when we have the iconic fashion show that she does for him. Yes. So I'm like, why are you doing this? But oh well, it's, it's, it's for the movie, it's for the rom-com.
1: I just want to say, as someone who's been a bridesmaid a couple of times in my life. The fact that she is the same size at all of the different times in her life that she's worn those dresses and they all still fit. Not realistic. Just saying. <laughs> well, of
0: course not. But this is a rom-com. You gotta keep that in mind. But this is a rom-com.
1: Where nothing, where real life doesn't exist. Yeah. Um, and uh, this is, I think, the third montage in this movie, possibly. Second. Second was she's She's like, up all night waiting and Valerie's playing and then we get the montage of the couple getting to know each yeah. other and then there's this montage. Yeah, oh my
0: so many montages. Yes, for mom.
1: Which I personally I would have said it to um RuPaul song or um perhaps Vogue by Madonna instead. I don't like I wasn't feeling Music that it was set Mm. to, but
0: (laughs) interesting. I'm interesting. Okay, I remember being all right with this, but I I got that. I got that.
1: If we're going for tropes, go all the way.
0: Yeah, (laughs) and what do you think about the dresses that she shows off for Kevin here? Because I've got some thoughts, but what are your thoughts? I want to hear your thoughts first.
1: The person who had the Gone with the Wind wedding, yeah,
2: yeah,
1: as somebody. I grew up in the South. I mean, it's not deep, deep South. It's like Mid-Atlantic South. But, like, I personally don't know anybody who has had or would have a Gone with the Wind wedding. I Several people have gotten married at plantations. But I was like, whew, the full eighteen hundred Civil War, but, like, the South and the Civil War? Like, I, are we really doing that? That's how you want to remember your wedding? <laughs> like come on now <laughs>
0: Oof. that's not age wow well. no 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 no.
1: I just imagine that she like they said their vows and then like they introduced a couple and she's like I'll never go hungry again
0: <laughs> do you think the movie is even aware of that or do you think the movie
1: I don't know I,
0: because I, I it, wonder if it's just throwing it in flippantly
1: I feel like it was and I I don't know maybe like there's more people would think more deeply about it now but like also i just feel like the south is such a weird foreign thing to people i don't know any of these people's backgrounds like who wrote the movie but like to people who didn't grow up here it's such a weird if you just lived in new york your whole life or on the west coast or like whatever it's such a foreign place to and and of course you could just like throw it in Mm -hmm. you know (laughs) like just throw in gone with the wind everyone loves gone with the wind right
0: of course (laughs) don't we all love gone with the wind
1: I, I personally hated it.
0: <laughs> I've never seen it, so I can't say.
1: It was it's extremely long and incredibly like boring to me. But you know, <gasps> my sister would say otherwise. Um, the the different cultural weddings <laughs> piqued my interest as well as the underwater wedding. <laughs> I would absolutely go to the wedding where the women wore suits, though, because. I would rock a suit,
0: <laughs> okay, see here's the thing. I like the idea, but I thought the suit was very ill fitting on Jane,
1: yeah, they didn't have time to tailor it to her for that one shot. I don't
0: think no no. yeah i i i i like some, i don't know I was into some of the dresses like the like the suit like i I would have been into it, i guess if it had' been tailored properly there was the so mm. there, oh, there was the l a wedding Oh I like god,
1: that was hilarious
0: Yeah, that was, that was funny I like that, and then Oh, there was also the shot dress there was, I'm like, wow, oh pink god. and yellow Oh my
1: That was interesting It was
0: a beaded bodice, okay Very interesting
1: <laughs> <gasps> I once did So for a very brief time in my early 20s I was a freelance makeup and hair For weddings and events And I did a wedding once where the theme was vintage Barbie.
0: Oh, vintage Barbie. All of the
1: bridesmaids had these like pink sort of 1950s formal dresses. And then they all had to have the bride wanted everyone to have ponytails, you know, like the very vintage Barbie ponytail. But half of her bridesmaids had short hair. So I just sort of like. Did what I could, and she insisted on them having ponytails, and the bridesmaids were complaining the whole time, and I was like, shut the fuck up, shut the fuck up. <laughs> I mean, like, it's her day. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's her day, you know, it's her day. It's just you no know, we're along with it, I guess, Yes. Yeah.
1: Anyways, I had to throw that in there.
0: I see a few other dresses on not old, the purple tool, which I did comment on earlier, she wore yes. after the first wedding. I did like that, the gold and, and That pink-
1: collar on that dress is so like, Vogue yeah. in the 2000s. Yes, yes. Like, very into, very popular yes. thing.
0: And then, uh, pink and gold, sorry, as I commented on before. Did, like, that as well. There was there's also... Oh, got a note the olive green dress, which I did not like because of the color. No, no, no.
1: That color was... It had a hold on us, <laughs> I think, at some point in the mid-aughts. <laughs> But I think it was much more appropriate for like upholstery <laughs> <laughs> or curtains. Yeah.
0: I did like how Kevin said that it's an instrument of torture and inflicted, inflicted on you by a bride who wants you to look ugly. That's true.
1: That's
0: true. And oh and of course the kimono, gotta know it's a kimono. Oh
1: yeah.
0: And again like it's for like the wedding, like for the cultural wedding. So I right. guess it it's okay for that. I guess. It's yeah. probably fine. I do like the, I do like the lavender <laughs> colour.
1: Yeah, yeah
0: yeah and oh, it's the top hat does the one' a top hat? I'm looking at this right now,
1: oh, yeah, <gasps> I love that you took notes on everyone okay well <laughs>
0: I'm, I'm I'm looking at an article right now it actually has the dresses, and so I'm looking at the picture, so casting below the picture is for the top hat one is this a bridesmaid dress or a costume for a backup dancer and a Liza Minnelli musical number?
1: Oh my God, it does look like something straight out of cabaret. It really <laughs> does.
0: And then oh remember the Green taffeta? <laughs> I did not like the look of this one. I don't know. What do you think of Green the Green taffeta?
1: I have to find this article now because I need to
0: It's it it's like yeah, the Green taffeta It's the one where she also wears these long black gloves.
1: Oh yes, 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 yes. I do remember that.
0: I don't really like this one. It, it's 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 the shoulder. Oh my god, oh yeah. It's a shoulder for me. It's eighty six It's the shoulders for me. It's
1: giving yeah, it's giving 80s prom. It's giving, I love your sleeves. Thank you, I made them myself from Napoleon Dynamite.
0: Yeah. Oh, my God. And then, of course, a scuba dress. Oh, my God. I love how this article says that the scuba dress is, yeah, it says, this bride is straight up sadistic. <laughs> And I have to ask: uh, Did the bride and groom pay for the whole wedding party to take scuba diving lessons? Well, I yeah, mean, did they? I,
1: cause you have to, did they? I don't know. You have to have a license for that. Like it's, <laughs>
0: uh, uh,
1: it's you can't just go scuba diving. oh uh, well. Now I'm now I'm looking at all of these dresses. Yes. Oh, the ye- the bright yellow with the butterflies on it. <laughs>
0: yeah, I wasn't yeah, really end, in for that one. I take No.
1: Anymore. The bolero jacket one though, that again, bolero jackets were so popular. I did like
0: that. I did I did like that one.
1: Everyone had and it even made its way into like regular, like active wear. Like I remember having these, like distinctly remember having these like cropped half jackets like that mm. I wore in middle school all the time. And it they didn't keep you warm. They only kept like your upper part warm. Like the rest of if you had a long torso like me, the rest of you was not warm. <laughs>
0: Oh my goodness. Yeah, it's like, it would be good for like, looks, but, but practically, no, no, no.
1: Practically, it's a nightmare. <sighs>
0: oh, so now, at the end of the dress montage, Kevin is astonished that Jane has 27 dresses. As the title goes,
1: Hey, they said the thing! Yes, and
0: Jane wants to have her own wedding someday! Also, why isn't she suspicious of Kevin taking all of these photos and using his voice recorder?
1: Okay, look, when a man walks in with a, a voice recorder and a Nikon Coolpix and starts taking photos of you, you should ask some questions. <laughs> yes, yes. Do you remember those ads with Ashton Kutcher for the Nikon Coolpix? <laughs> it was like the digital I don't remember these
0: ads. I don't, I don't know about these.
1: It was it was everywhere, I feel like from, like, 2004 to, like, 2008. I guess it was just this one digital camera that was kind of more affordable, and it was always Ashton Kutcher taking <laughs> pictures of himself or, like, of other people at these, like, glitzy Hollywood parties.
0: Fascinating. And now he's been brought up twice on his podcast.
1: Uh, yeah, I sh- somehow we managed to work him in again.
0: <laughs> and then he caught the rain driving by Tessa's place. And finding out Tess is having Pedro clean the place. Wow.
1: Which was so cringy.
0: Race of stereotyping. Thank you so much, Movie. Like,
1: again, I know it's because we're supposed to think that Tess is awful, but it's like <gasps> why? and he's just so like happy to do it. And that's the part that's so cringy yeah. to me. It's like, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh
0: Why? <laughs> He's just oblivious <laughs> to the whole thing. He just thinks he's helping out tests and drawers and being all hygienic.
1: If the listeners could see my face right now.
0: <laughs> <gasps> uh, and then, back to Kevin. His boss His boss asks him for his resume story, but he says he isn't done with it yet. not for me. So then he accompanies Zane as she goes to a store and is scanning items for the wedding registry. He insists on covering all aspects of the wedding, so that's his excuse for accompanying her. So it's like, okay, whatever excuse he can use to write your stupid articles. your stupid column.
1: Right, because like his cover story is that he's covering Tessa's wedding. Yeah, right? for the
0: commitments thing. Commitment.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: And uh, it, is, it is funny when Rain and Kevin pronounce boss differently.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. How do you pronounce it? vase i say
0: vase
1: <laughs> i that's probably the correct way to say it i don't i don't actually know i've just always said vase which sounds so like uh, not as pretty as what it usually is <laughs> it, so,
0: it, it was it was jane right i think it was jane who said Vase. and then right or no or it was kevin who says Vase. i forget
1: i can't remember who said who i mean it would make more sense for jane to say Vase than for kevin i feel like one of them i i don't think this movie cared <laughs>
0: And Zane is placing value on these items because she's like, so signifies to love and to lifetime of a marriage. But Kevin brings out his cynicism, complains about all this useless crap. He suspects Zane wants a wedding, not a marriage.
1: hmm <gasps> I have to say, aside from all the stalkery stuff and manipulation, I am Kevin in this movie. Like, I am extremely cynical about yeah. marriage. And it's because of my own experiences, but like, I... When people are like, "Oh, I'm planning my wedding, like whatever," I'll be like, "I'll help you," but uh, you know, I'm not gonna, <laughs> I'm not gonna get like too excited
0: yeah. about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, weddings, yeah. I'm, 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 I, I feel very neutral towards weddings. You know, I'll, I'll go for the wedding if I, if necessary. I want if I want, but whatever. I'm in a relationship right now. My girlfriend has made it very clear: yes, a wedding. We want to get married. So you know, I'm a flirt You know, I'm on foot.
1: Well, I DIY'd a lot of my weddings, so if you want, if she wants any advice on that, <laughs> when, the day, when comes, the day comes, I'm not, no pressure. Not <laughs>
0: then, when Jane guesses out of nowhere that Kevin had a wedding, and his wife left him, he's like, oh hey, you're right, and she did it with my roommate from college, and Jane was just completely guessing here, so now just informs us more as Kevin's Pessimistic perspective on love and matrimony.
1: Which, again, same. Like, Mike's situation wasn't that dramatic, but it was not. <gasps> and of course. It's a, it's a bit of a stereotype that I'm willing to admit also applies yeah. to me. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, a stereotype, absolutely. Like, obviously, in a rom com, it's like, there's a reason why he feels this way. Right. It, right it, it's course. either himself or his parents, maybe some trauma from his parents. Right. Yeah. And then, as a newspaper, Maureen is liking Kevin's bridesmaid articles, so to run it on the front page. But he isn't gung-ho about that, because now he sees Jane as a real human being, more than a perpetual bridesmaid. And Maureen thinks he's developed a crush on Jane, but she agrees to Kevin's request to hold on to articles for a week, seemingly.
1: And I—okay, let's unpack that a little bit, and I'm sorry I know that I'm, like, I'm dragging this out, <laughs> but, like— she just randomly, it, her releasing the article happens in a vacuum. Like, they're just, they're in a completely different, isolated place. And it's basically like, I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but you know, they go out, they get lost, they get stuck overnight, and then all of a sudden the article's out. It's like, there's no reason for her to have done that. Like, there's no, I mean, aside from just, this is good, I want to put it out now, like it i just feel like there could have been some other setup of like you know someone comes in and they're like oh hey we're not running this story because you know all of a sudden nobody cares about polar bears anymore or like whatever it's like oh well have i got a headline for you like it just she just releases it after she said she wouldn't and it's like it's to quote michael scott (laughs) you you released the article when i specifically asked you not to
0: (laughs) yeah when it happens i was just like no no it's contrived. It just doesn't make sense. It's contrived. And it's just like, oh. It is. We have to have this happen to set off the conflict. But it's just like, no. It doesn't have to. And I was just like, this is unfashionable behavior. At the very least, she could have alerted Kevin, but she doesn't.
1: Or it's like, you know, maybe we see uh, a text pop up on Kevin's phone, but he doesn't see it because he's too busy dancing at the bar with with Jane, or something, and it's like, hey, we're running the article tomorrow, sorry, I, I gotta do it. Like, but it's just, it just happens. Yeah. <laughs> like, all of a sudden, it's like, hey, you're the girl from that thing, and she's like, what thing?
0: Yeah. And so now, Jane and Joyce have lunch, where he says that he appreciates how there isn't bullshit between him and Tess. You know, I've known to him, there is some bullshit. And Jane does almost tell him the truth about Tess, but then backs out. And then George asks her about what a favorite part of a wedding is, and she replies that it's the part where you gets to look at the groom's face. That's when, you know, his face says it all. The pure love there. Which I
1: feel like is what everyone
0: says. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Popular. And then Kevin comes in, who, because he had called off Tess earlier and asked, like, Hey, where's Jane? So that's how he tracked down Jane, goes to the restaurant, Gen- sees two of them, gets suspicious. He wrangles Jane into another interview session to answer his questions, even when she tries to distance herself from him. Cut to a rainy car ride with the two of them, where he points out how he's realized Jane has a crush on George, and that's why she's been acting so weirdly. And they argue. Jane drives too fast. Oh no, they're, they're basically hydroplaning. It's the car tumbles down like, not really tumbles, it just, just like slides down as hell. Nothing major. Right. But still, oh no, the car's stuck now at the bottom of the hill.
1: Oh, oh, what are they going to do? Oh no, well. What are they going to do to pass the time? <laughs>
0: well, they go to a nearby bar, and basically kind of stuck there. They can't get a signal, the payphone is dead. And so now they just take a break, get a drink, and now they get to talking. And Jane asked him about a column he wrote back, back in 2006 on The Keller Wedding. It was very emotional for her to read. And she asked him, like, is there anything you like about weddings? Anything? And it turns out he gives the same answer as her, seeing the look of pure joy and love on the groom's face as he's getting married. Oh, they're so connected now. They share something.
1: Oh, over weddings.
0: <laughs> and I was just like, this is such a cliche. Like, just because you share this one thing, doesn't mean that you're instantly bonding.
1: And also, like again, it's not the most unique thing that people say about weddings. It's not like she was like, "Oh, you know what? I just really love the way that the lights look under." I don't know. Like, there's just everyone says that. Everyone always says like, "Yeah, everyone's looking at the bride, but I'm looking at the groom." And it's like, okay, you're gonna. It's a fifty-fifty shot. Like, I mean, of course, that th- that was gonna be the thing that he said. <gasps>
0: Uh, I feel like something more interesting would be, like, oh, I love, like, I, I love, like, the, the pattern of flower petals on the aisle or something like that. Something right. something. Like,
1: my favorite thing is watching the ring bearer fucking up every time. <laughs>
0: like... <laughs> or, I love when there's a pet that comes in as the ring bearer. I love that. We don't oh, see yes. that often in yes. running. I love the pet.
1: I- I think I like that too.
0: <laughs> Which does happen and meets the parents.
1: Oh, yeah, it does, doesn't
0: it? Little thingsy, little thingsy.
1: <laughs>
0: and now Zane is like, oh, you're a big softie. You're feigning cynicism so you can appear wounded and mysterious and sexy. And Kevin is like, well, what? Did I just hear you call me sexy?
1: Did you just say sexy? Did you say the sex word? Because I am a man in a rom com. <laughs>
0: and she gets all defensive and and then this is when we go on into the benny and the death scene it plays in the bar kevin and jane and the singing they're getting some some of the lyrics wrong. oh it's so fun she's got electric boobs
1: (laughs) i also i just don't i don't buy of course it's a rom-com but I don't buy... If somebody started doing this in a bar, I would probably oh tell them to show up. <laughs> I would not... The entire bar joins in and is like, oh, yeah, I don't know the lyrics to this shit either.
0: But it's a rom-com. You gotta... It
1: is a rom-com. So, of course, everyone's loving them, having fun, and wants to have fun, too. And it feels like Mamma yes. Mia. All of a sudden.
0: <laughs> I would... I don't know. If I went in that situation... I, I don't know, because I've never been in that situation before. I would like to say, I would like to be optimistic and say that I would be one of the fun ones joining joining in.
1: There's a very precarious thing that happens when people are acting up at a bar. It's always the situation where you have to sort of gauge the, the room and think, is this person so drunk that they're going to cause trouble? Or they just drunk enough to get everyone to, like, have fun with them. Yeah. And nine times out of ten, it's the former. (laughs) So I just tend to avoid those people because I'm, like, I don't want someone coming up to me, like, stumbling down drunk and getting me into trouble with the bartender. But, like, yes, I feel like, I feel like based on their behavior, it could go either way. Either way.
0: (laughs) Yes, yeah, so they're having fun. Yes, the audience is singing with them. during come on. and then Kevin admits he did cry at the Keller wedding. <gasps> oh my goodness, So now Jane is like, "What? And then they and then they have sex in the car as the rain keeps pouring down around them.
1: She's like, "Oh, you cried at a wedding here. Here's my loins." <laughs> <ends." laughs>
0: well, obviously, yes, she's a woman, obviously, obviously, obviously. she loves the emotional stuff.
1: Right, and men can't ever be emotional. No, no, no. That's not allowed.
0: (laughs) Next morning, Kevin brings her coffee, and she's like, I never do this. And then Kevin is like, yeah, I know. You said that a lot last night. I never do this. I never do this. I never do this.
1: (laughs) Because she's the responsible one that always is home and taking care of other people and never has fun herself. How many fucking times can you hit us over the head with that?
0: (laughs) And now we cut to them eating breakfast at a diner. One of the customers recognizes them as the Benny and the Jeff pair from the bar. And then the waitress recognizes Jane from the newspaper. Oh no, Kevin's calling about her public. And then all the photos that Kevin took of her and her bridesmaid dresses. And Jane is so mad, she slapped him, which I do understand very much. Kevin was so invasive, (laughs) and just like, oh my goodness, no.
1: There's actually some pretty good slaps in this movie. <laughs>
0: Wait. Because
1: there's the one at the beginning where T- K- Casey slaps her when she... When, yes. Uh, George says, that's why I love you, Jane. And she goes, I love you, too. <laughs> and then she just right in the face.
0: <laughs> to we suffer? her. Hey, snap out of it, Jane. <gasps> that's right, I remember that. And as he said, what? I don't like how Maureen just published an article, and she's just, she's just, she's just, just like, Hey, I'm the boss, I had every right to publish your piece, Kevin.
1: But you said you wouldn't! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, your word means nothing to me.
0: <laughs> it kind of reminds me, it reminds me just a bit, of How to Lose Guy in 10 Days, when, when Andy's boss, shared by baby new was, when the way she also kind of like is untrustworthy with her words, and that movie as well was a promise to give to Andy, to Kate Hudson.
1: Because <laughs> never trust a female boss. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just making shit where there isn't anything now.
0: <laughs> well, hey, you know what? It might be worth to make, make it up when you're talking about these movies. Especially something like How Do a Guy in 10 Days and such movies. And then Zane comes back home and Tess is pissed that Kevin painted her as a bridezilla and his column. And Tess, this is,
1: no regard this is what I said
0: for. Yeah, Jane. this is what I said for. Tess right. does not give a crap. She's focusing on herself, and she's mad at Kevin when he calls her. Oh. Which, I mean, that's not, that's not you know, if, you know that's understandable. Yeah, of course, we're mad at, at him, shouting at him. But still, she's not paying attention to Jane's problems. No, no.
1: I also just feel like Jane could probably sue him for using her image without her signing a photo. <laughs> yeah. Like, but of course, if there's even a chance you're going to be on camera in like per- professional settings, they make you sign a photo release.
0: But hey, the movie doesn't do it that. No, no,
1: no. Because no, no. next
0: <laughs> we have, oh, we cut to the Patagonia-esque office where George is being is just being so understanding with Jane, and he's just like, hey, I understand that Kevin exploited you, and I just want to make sure that you're okay, that you're all right. What a guy. What a guy. <gasps> And Casey avoids the chance to be like "I told you so" to Jane, and then Tess and then Tess decides to forgive Jane and her trusting nature. And I was just like, "What? You want to forgive Jane? To-? She was a, she was a victim too in this whole situation.
1: She's arguably the bigger victim because like what he said about her is painting her as like a desperate woman who just wants to get married when that's not necessarily the case." I mean, it is, kind of. But what he said about you is actually just true, Melon
0: Ackerman. <laughs> and Jane's photos on the newspaper, without her permission. And, uh,
1: yes, no one knows what you look like.
0: <laughs> <sighs> and then, Tess provides Jane with a script of what to say during the upcoming slideshow for, the, for Tess and George's engagement party. And then we learn Tess took apart her mom's dress, using parts of it for herself. And Jane is so deeply upset. Oh my goodness. I don't know.
1: It hurt me too. Yeah. I was
0: yeah. Like
1: I was so pissed. And after listening to her talk about it, she's like, ew, the, the plasticky lace with the half box pleats, like whatever she says at the beginning. And then it's like, bitch, you used it on your wedding dress and you took apart the wedding. And then when she says, this is the part that got me. When she says, well, we saved the rest. You can have it if you want for your wedding. And it's like, Excuse me? You're never putting that dress back together. Like, here's here's my sloppy seconds of a wedding dress for you to wear. Like, ew. Who does that?
0: That's apparently. Who says that?
1: <laughs> apparently, what a bitch. Selfish,
0: selfish sister. <laughs> and oh okay, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh my god. Nothing. And and Zayn is just <laughs> like, this is it. This is the last one. Camel's back. I'm telling you, you gotta tell it, George. The truth, but Tess is just like, "Oh well, you wouldn't even hurt a flies, and you wouldn't hurt me. You're not going to tell George this crap, the lies i told him.
1: And she does that up until like that is her downfall, is that she thinks that Jane's not going to do it.
0: Oh yeah, very <laughs> proud in that sense. Yeah, because and then we cut right to the education party, and some woman goes up to Jane, and it's just like, it must be so hard watching your younger sister get married before you. And Rain is just like, oh, well, hey, I like having hot hate sex with random strangers.
1: <laughs> Which is, like, I guess it's supposed to show how, like, unhinged she is at this yes. point. Because, like, that's not, not something she would have ever said before. No,
0: no. She Rain is just like, I am on a mission and I'm going to deliver it. Don't you dare stand in my fucking way. Right. <gasps> and it's the point of the even she even steals a drink out of Casey's glass.
1: Right. She says, that's not water. <laughs>
0: And she also tried to feed Tess pigs in a blanket.
1: Which was, like, kind of a dirty move. In front of the boys, But also. In front of the boys, I get it. I get
0: oh, it. a dirty move? Well, guess what? We have more shit coming up. And Tess insists that Jane stick to the script that she wrote for her. Which, hey, Jane technically did that. She did read off just the script. She did yeah, lie. She, she launched into the speech and slideshow as Happy Together plays over the whole scene.
1: Can we please stop using that sh- that song for like? I it guess, is
0: a bit overused.
1: It's a little overused. I mean, we had Shrek, we had Freaky Friday, we had this movie. I mean, just <clears throat> stop.
0: <laughs> and some of the pictures that are shown in the slideshow are definitely incriminatory. Others are just slut shaming.
1: Yeah, I didn't like that part of it. Like there's a
0: picture of her, of, her sh- as t- of Tess as like back in high school as a cheerleader. Where she's hanging out flirtatiously apparently with football players. Another one is her a car wash. Another one is her with a like fo- uh, with her arms around these two guys and Venice, I think it is. I like I'm, I'm assuming the canal.
1: And they look they look like deliberately. They're made to look like Pornhub thumbnails. <laughs> 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 like, like you could put Bang Bros or like <laughs> Brazzers on them, and it would just be a porno. Film. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: okay. Also, in a way that, Teth, and when Zane aligned her speech, her script with the photos, like at one point when she says he was interested in, in, in international affairs, and so was she, and that's when we have the photo popping up for Tess with the, the, the guys in Venice. All
1: the. The guy, yeah, the Euro trash boyfriends, as she says.
0: <gasps> but yeah, stop Jamie. But uh, the photo is a little and incriminatory. Just one is her hoarding a cat by the tail or the leg, something like that. As a kid. Yeah,
1: I was like, future serial killer, maybe? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Another one of her eating meat. Another photo of her of uh, Jane and Dad holding her back and punching a guy. I'm very curious as to how that happened because And
1: also what does that have to do Well that too. Yeah. With that
0: too. Like I'm saying it's probably a situation where the guy is probably maybe harassing her, probably and was just
1: And who was photographing it? Who was like, let me take a picture of this beautiful
0: <laughs> okay, moment. Who? Because again both Zane both Zane and Dad were in a picture. So if they wanted a the photo Right. Who was? Who was taking a photo? Who
1: they just found some random person on the street with a camera phone.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, also the photos of Tess having a disgusted look with a baby and a dog.
1: I I didn't feel it with the dog, but with the baby, I was like, I get it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't like babies are cute. Well, I'll, I don't want any. <laughs> but
2: I was being serious. I was being serious.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look. I like I, I like kids sometimes as a kid, other kids like, other other times they annoy the hell out of me
1: i like other people's kids because that way i can just hold it while it's cute and then hand it right back to my yeah. dad when it starts to cry
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah and i'm saying that as someone who does and in the future i as a goal of mine i do want to have kids in the future so
1: everyone says it's different when it's your kids i just don't want to yeah my own. i get that I'll be everyone's auntie. I'm fine with that.
0: <laughs> and as for dogs, I do like dogs and cats.
1: I'm a huge animal person. Yeah. Like I would, if I could have a dog, I would. I just I don't live in a situation where I'm able to. But we do have. My roommate has a cute little cat. Aw, that that's nice. Hangs out with me sometimes. Aww.
0: My girlfriend loves <laughs> cats. Just loves them. Adores them.
1: They are the they are the smarter of the two. I have to say, most of the time. I have met some cats that acted like <gasps> dogs. <laughs>
0: Do you agree with uh, Zach Burns from Meet the parents that dogs are emotionally shallow and cats make you work for their feelings, for their affection?
1: I don't think that at all. I think that dogs just love everyone until you mistreat them and cats hate everyone until you show them that you will give them food sometimes <laughs> <laughs> and pick up their poop. I like that.
0: I like that. <laughs> Then, Casey interrupts the slideshow to try to clear things up, you know, let's, let, let's do away with this mess, shall we? And then she introduces Pedro, who's like, hey, Tess helped me start my own cleaning service. If anyone wants my services, come find me.
1: Do you think that Jane told him to do that?
0: I don't know, because they never, they never had a moment where Jane told him to say that, so I don't know. Right.
1: We also didn't see her making the slideshow either, so it's like Is it supposed to pile on, but like or is it just Pedro being like, I'm so proud of the thing that I've done.
0: I'm leaning more towards just him being so oblivious and proud of what he's doing. The cleaning.
1: So it doesn't help the situation.
0: And that is a straw on the camel's back was. That's it. I can't handle the racial stereotyping of my little brother.
1: Which, like, I just don't know why they had to go in that direction. Like, it was like they only put Pedro in... It's like, okay, this is really shitty. They only put Pedro as a character in this movie for both George to look George, the older white man who's taken him under his wing to look good, and also for his fiance, the white lady who makes him clean her house to look bad. And it's like, Pedro, Pedro needs his own thing. Yeah. Pedro needs to not be here just for that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah.
0: And then Casey tells Jane, hey, you know what? She could have just told Joyce about all of this to his face, not vent all her suppressive resentments in the slideshow, which is like, yeah, Jane could have done that.
1: I see where Casey's coming from, but after this whole movie of Casey being like, Jane, Jane, stand up for yourself, stand up for yourself, and then Tess's character just being such an asshole. If you kind of do sort of feel like, mm, maybe she deserved it, like maybe just a little bit. And then Casey's like, no, I didn't tell you to do that. And it's like, yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. Don't try to go back on it now.
0: <laughs> That's right. idea. Well, yeah, Casey, yeah. I don't know. I just, I feel like it was a bit too far. Like, she sort of deserved it, possibly. But still, maybe it's a bit too far for. For revenge, it was a,
1: it was a little bit because not in only public. did she hurt her sister, she also like ruined his engagement. Yeah, party, it
0: was in so. it was in public too,
1: right, right.
0: And now the wedding is off, and Kevin is here at the event. Jane is not happy to see him. He tries to apologize, but she isn't in the mood to hear him. And he's like, "Hey, you finally did something. You're not the perfect vice mate for once. And I'm here because I just want to support you." and I'm planning to walk away and never bother you again, but I want you to know that I think you deserve more than what you've settled for. You deserve to be taken care of. And then he also gives her a BlackBerry to replace her final facts.
1: I'm so glad you said BlackBerry, because I was like, is that a Palm Pilot? Is it a... I'm pretty sure. A, I'm
0: like 90% sure.
1: The sidekick? I think you're right. I think it is a BlackBerry, because this, that was really the only phone that could access the
0: internet back then. had his own biopic earlier this year. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It's tropey. It's like, oh, of course, you no, know, Kevin is here to try to make up with Zane. I want to be with you. And the fact that I want to. Con-
1: the fact that he says, I think you should be taken care of, and not, I think you should be taking care of yourself instead of taking care of everyone else. You know what I mean?
0: Like- of course, it's cliché. Of course, women have to be taken care of. Yes, yes by by men specifically. Yes. Right. And then Maureen informs Kevin that his article did well enough, but he's getting bumped on commitments. Yay for him! Isn't that wonderful? His <laughs> articles that violated Ke- uh, Jane's privacy.
1: Realistically, she would be like, Kevin, you're fired because you got this entire- this huge institution sued for not getting someone- like, for libel, and also not getting someone to sign a photo yeah. release.
0: And then we talk to how it's hardware store, or how it is encouraging Jane to work things out as tests. Then Tess arrives and how and the other hardware store employee leave them alone. Like employee customer, I can't tell. But anyway, they they, they rush out to leave Zane and Tess themselves.
1: <laughs> that customer really took the hit. She was like, oh yeah, let's go look at these wood yes. backers
0: Now Tess and Zane are arguing. Tess is like, You've always been jealous of me, you've presented doing things for me. And then also the revealed, she got fired from a job and Some boyfriend, Rudolfo, has dumped her. That's why she's been staying in New York. Her life isn't perfect, she says. Oh no, first world problems.
1: Oh my god. Like, oh, you you lost your job and you still had a place to go live? And you still had money to fly home from Europe? (laughs) (gasps) I'm so sorry for
0: you. And she just wanted someone to care about her. And that was George. Uh, yeah, like, you did that, yes, with lie, Yes,
1: Right, right. So just lie to create this perfect life for yourself.
0: And Tess is like, Jane, you don't have to take care of me anymore. Just focus on yourself. And and I guess that that basically wraps up their whole conflict, basically.
1: Pretty much. Like, they come down really fast. Like, if someone ruined my wedding, I would not be that forgiving.
0: No, it's just like, you've got... This conflict is so deep, and it's just like, and Jane has her resentment towards Tess, again, yeah, Tess was her wedding, that was ruined, and then it's like, no, it will not be resolved this fast. But hey, it's a rom-com. We gotta solve it fast. It's a
1: rom-com. They gotta throw sponges at each other,
0: and then it's... That's why Tess is throwing stuff at her.
1: But on (laughs) Venom,
0: wipe it away! Doesn't exist now.
1: Nope.
0: And Zane decides to empty out her bridesmaid dress closet. Stuff small and trash bags.
1: Which I hope she was planning to donate them. I mean, I, mean, I guess we see we see where they end up yeah. at the end, but.
2: <laughs>
0: and then, back at the Urban Everest office, Jane is there to accompany Joyce to her benefit. She apologizes for the engagement party and then George remarks on how he loves that she never says no, which, you know, has mentioned before, and just hits Jane since Kevin had cr- criticized that very shade of hers. So now, she quits. She's like, I need to get out of this comfy zone I'm in. And she, and she confesses her crush his voice, And then he kisses her all of a sudden. Which are no sparks. But both of them, even when they try to kiss again, nope, no sparks, no attraction.
1: Which I was like, I just don't buy that you've been crushing. I don't know. Maybe it's like the thing when you wait too long to eat and then you're like, I don't want this anymore. Like... I don't buy that there was like nothing, but I see why it had to be that way, like clearly. Yeah. And it was a good it was a good little twist that he kisses her, which I felt was a little fast for like, dude, you were literally engaged to her sister yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> but uh and she's also your employee, which feels icky. Then <laughs> they don't care about that in this movie.
0: I, I guess tactically not employee because he just quits. But still, like the employee stuff true, is so... True, true. You know, like, she just quits, though. I mean, she's still she's, gonna... She just quits.
1: She's still gonna write a re- resignation letter. Yeah. Like, <laughs>
0: Uh, but yeah, it's, like... It's a, it's a twist. You know, whatever. It's a, it's a twist. He gets thrown in there to his all things. No. No flux. Whatever. It's a long time.
1: And then she just runs away. And I, I also have to put in here... So he, the, he's supposed to be going to this benefit, right? The day after his wedding.
0: Yes, and Jane back. is accompanying him and, because tess isn't there anymore he needed
1: a date right what i thought i thought that the engagement party was their rehearsal dinner when i watched it this time around i'm so glad you clarified that it was the engagement party because i was like was he really going to get married and then take his new wife in her wedding dress to this benefit and make a speech that makes no sense (laughs) But now that I know it was the engagement party, it makes a lot, it, 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 I'm tracking yeah. now. Like, it, 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 <laughs> timeline makes way more <laughs> sense.
0: Yeah, we could clarify that.
1: <laughs>
0: and then, Jane is like, when you're with the person you're meant to be with, it should feel like, and then, Benny and the plays for her new Blackberry. And I'm like, <laughs> wait, so Kevin puts this on her phone as like an alert?
1: Yes. He paid the 95 cents to VZW.com and downloaded <laughs> Benny and the Jets as her ringtone for, I assume, is he calling her? Is that what's happening? Or is it just her ringtone for it must,
0: everyone? It must be like a generic ringtone or alert. A schedule alert, maybe. For
1: everyone. And I, I remember I had TI's Whatever You Like set as my text ringtone. And it played like, a full 30 seconds of the song anytime I had my oh. phone turned on and I think this led to me not ever having my phone on anything but silent now because I cannot stand <laughs> I cannot stand the sound of alerts and also one time it went off when I was in church oh no <laughs> it was like you know we're getting ready to bow our heads and pray it was like stacks on <laughs> me drone on ice you pop bows. and I was like oh my god <laughs> Oh. Paying for custom ringtones was such a huge deal. I. And then it wasn't at all.
0: I remember that. It brings me back to the days of my mom having this pink cell phone with ringtones. Yes. Two of the most iconic ones on that phone were one ringtone for the Green Day cover of the Simpsons theme song from the Simpsons movie.
1: Interesting. Yes. It
0: was specifically yes, the Green Day cover. So it was like it was like, like dun 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 hard rock. And then that's amazing. And then another another ringtone was the Empire theme from Star Wars. Dun 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 dun. Both that's a good one. Both ringtones they were quite loud. It's like these are intense
1: super loud, right? Like, and we just put up with that back in the day. Like, nobody cared. And now everyone's, it's like, if you're on speakerphone in public, people are like, hush! <laughs> <laughs> oh.
0: But yes, we hear Benny and play from the Blackberry. So now Jane is like, I gotta go back to Kevin! So she rests out of the office, heads over to Kevin's paper. Trent tells her that Kevin is out covering his last wedding. So that directs Zane to the wedding, which takes place on a ship. On the way there, he takes a taxi that's driven by Ziggy, the driver from earlier in the movie. Of course, we gotta have the, the circle around as you know, a call back Right. And he's disappointed that she only has her one dress on. She won't be changing any dresses in the back of, her, of his car.
1: Because he's pervy.
0: <laughs> and at the wedding, where Kevin is covering again on the ship, Zane makes it just in time to jump on, and the bride is pumped that Jane is here. She recognizes her from the, from the articles, from Kevin's articles, and Jane makes her grand gesture speech to Kevin up on stage, and a, a spotlight gets shined down on him. I love how the bride is also like so excited, so pumped.
1: I gotta say, I love this bride. When she when she's like, girl, what's going on? Why are you at my wedding? And she's like, well, there's this guy. And she's like, say no more. We'll find him. We'll find him. And then they find him. And she's like, can we get a file spot? <laughs> I was like, this girl was a theater major. Yes.
0: <laughs> and she's vibing with a whole grand gesture energy.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I I probably would, yeah. too, honestly, yeah. if it was me.
0: And when, when Jane is making her speech and says, Fighting with you, it's the best thing that's ever happened to me. It was just a bit evocative of how to lose a guy in ten days. <laughs> I, I feel like I feel like something very similar gets said in that movie if I recall correctly. I know I just saw that a few weeks ago. I should have remembered better, but I'm pretty sure a quote <laughs> like that gets dropped by either Andy or Benjamin.
1: This podcast has turned into a full academic synthesis paper on a comparison between 27 dresses and how to lose a guy in 10 days.
0: <gasps> yes. It helps that how this guy how this guy 10 days is so fresh in my brain, unfortunately. Oh, the terror of yes. that movie. No, no. Now
1: I want to watch it just to see how bad it is. Yes,
0: you should.
1: <gasps>
0: and then after the speech, Jane goes off to Kevin. And Kevin w- waits a bit, wait a moment, and then he's like, Get over here. And then they kiss. And the way he says, Get over here, it just amuses <laughs> me a bit. I also cannot get over how the host of the podcast, I hate it, but I love it, they mimic his voice. Cat Angus and Jocelyn Getty, they mimic his voice, and they say it so aggressively oh on the show. Oh so they're like, God. Get over here. And they're commenting on how they <laughs> don't really like how he does that. He starts that song. <laughs> So now I can't get that out of my head.
1: I really like that. um, After she says "fighting with you" or that line or whatever, and then they play "Like a Star" by Corin Bailey Ray, which is one of my favorite artists from that era of music. And the lyrics are, "I don't argue like this with anyone but you," um, and we do it all the time or whatever. I just, I when it started playing, I was like, "Oh, I love that song." <laughs> it yeah. Melted my little cynical heart a little bit.
0: Yeah, see, for her, so for her, the songs I love from her it's Teddy Records on. That's the ones that I jammed to.
1: That was my, we, I had a very small graduating class and we got to do our own photo montages and that was my graduation song.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's cute. I yeah. like that. Oh, so now Kevin and Jane, just together. Yay? Question mark. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Hard cut, to one year later.
0: Yes, one year later, they're having a B-side wedding. There's some flirting between Casey and Trent. And Trent is now writing the commitments column.
1: Yay, Trent! Yay.
0: George and Pedro are here. And Pedro remarks on how hot Tess is.
1: Which again, give something give Pedro something to do besides <laughs> besides clean a house or be someone's like white savior complex or sexually harass one of the characters, or like, I don't know, make sexual comments about one of the characters.
0: Yeah, and, and, and I know, like, this is a two thousand rom-com, so it's supposed to be like, oh, look how cute it is for a child to be so openly hot for an adult.
1: Yeah, it's weird. It's, <laughs> <ew>.
0: <laughs> Also, he is still so oblivious to test his racism.
1: Right, right.
0: <laughs> uh, and oh also Tess is a, of, is a maid of honor and Tess tells George that she's designing her she's designing her own handbag line, she's living with roommates, she's broke, she eats hamburgers, she doesn't care for pets, and so now it's like okay, she's trying to be honest with him. And I feel like it's strongly implied that they could try things again on a truthful Putting later on? Yeah. <gasps> yeah.
1: I think because when we see Judy Greer walking down the aisle looking at Trent, and then we see Malin Ackerman walking down the aisle looking at George, it's like implied yeah. that something's gonna happen.
0: Which yeah. is like, okay, whatever. <laughs> and now Jane is walking down the aisle in her twenty-eighth dress and Kevin is looking at her the way she'd always hoped, and getting married. And then the camera pulls back to show that all 27 brides she's bridesmaided for, including the two brides from the beginning, and Jaina the they're all wearing yes. her bridesmaid dresses.
1: I love that. I think that's my favorite part of this movie, is when you finally get to pan out and see all of the women wearing those dresses. <laughs> it's so funny. It's, it,
0: it's cute. I, I, I do like it. It's like, a, if you're gonna have uh, all of these dresses up, you know, in the movie, might as well circle back around to them, you know, close out a movie on such a note, although, I would wonder if I was one of those women, I would be like, hmm, is this supposed to be passive-aggressive, the Right, right,
1: like, now you get to wear the ugly dress <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Although some of the dresses are good, though, some of the dresses are, are attractive. Some of them aren't too bad, yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. There was, I, I, for my wedding, I told my bridesmaids they could pick whatever dress they wanted as long as they were within a certain color scheme. And it wasn't all one color. And so I was hoping that by doing that, that they would all pick dresses that they actually liked and felt comfortable in. And like, cause like, I'm not that type of person that's like, oh, I want everyone looking at me because like, everyone is gonna be looking at you. You're the bride, like clearly no one's gonna look different. You know what I mean? Like no one's gonna be like, oh, you looked not as hot as the bridesmaid, whatever. But then I found out that they all hated their dresses afterwards. I was like, there just is no there's no way to break that curse. There's nothing you can do as a bride to break that curse. No. (sighs) I was like, I let you pick them.
0: Well, I mean, that's almost, I mean, I would say almost the end of the movie, basically, because then we do have the credits rolling, and we have, like, some more, like, stuff popping up through this newspaper format that has, like, an article. As the credits roll, we have an article that covers Kevin and Jane's wedding. So we have, and Chance, Chance is doing a whole piece, and there's one part of the article that says this wedding's gone to the dogs. It's gone to dogs.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's like a whole spread about their this one yes. wedding.
0: And and it ends it ends on another piece, another part of the piece that says for sale, 27 bridesmaid dresses, only one twice.
1: <laughs> I I didn't I cl- did not clock that That's pretty funny
0: <gasps> oh, Only one, twice Yes Such a lovely little tag But yes That is That is the movie That is 27 Justice. Yay
1: Yay <gasps> oh, Wow well. With a combined score of 92 points <laughs> <sighs> oh.
0: Well what do you think Any final thoughts on this rom-com
1: I think that there's a lot of stuff in there that, with your 2023 glasses on, you're gonna, they're gonna bother you. However, if you can take those glasses off and just ride the late aughts nostalgia that is this movie, and just uh, drift in and out of Katherine Heigl's roller set and um enjoy all the sequins and all the weird technology that we used to have before smartphones and the fact that someone could go viral by just being in a paper newspaper article. I think you can enjoy yourself. I think it's a fun time.
0: Yeah. I agree, you know, I still have some nostalgia for this movie. Again, even if it's not one of my all time favorite rom coms, you know, just throw it some entertaining classes here. As I said before, if you can down off your brain, definitely. Yes. And I a few more things I'll say is that I I like the look of Jane's wedding dress. I like the look I feel like it's kinda like an, it's very simple. Simple, yeah. Simple, understated. I like that. Elegant. And then I've got to comment on one of the other bridesmaid dresses she has. It's the one that kind of looks like a wedding dress itself. Which is kind of confusing because then it's like, well wait, why would you choose Who's
1: getting married? <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. Why would you choose that? If it's like it's confusing. And then also I found out that Alan Rose McKenna actually shared her own thoughts on Jane and Kevin, ad- admitting that she doesn't really think they'll work out in the future. She told Variety, I controversially am not sure that Jane and Kevin from 27 Dresses are still married. Just a thought. I mean, there was a lot of romantic idealization. I don't really feel like we got the chance to know each other. That was a big-ass wedding. I'm concerned. <laughs>
1: I love that. I love that she's, like, she, even she's a little cynical about yeah. it. <laughs>
0: and then, but, but Anne Fletcher, though, the director, does believe that the pair would work out. Because she was, uh, she was interviewed back in 2018 for the movie's 10th anniversary special, and she revealed, yes, I do think that they would work out. And she said specifically, they're not just two people who hate each other, they're two people who hate each other because they like each other. So you have to walk that fine balance that you're setting up those pieces enough to, when you do get to those moments, you have been waiting for it, you are ready for it, and you want it to happen.
1: Mm-hmm. It just hit me that this movie is 15 years old. <laughs> <gasps> this movie just got its learner's permit.
0: <laughs> <sighs> but yeah, that's, that's 27 justice. you know, I had my fun with it, and you know, if, If you, listeners, if you haven't listened to the whole breakdown of it and you haven't seen it, you know, I guess you can go, you can, you can still give it a try. I'm not going to tell you to not watch, watch this, you know,
1: I think after listening to our analysis of it, you may be bothered by the things that we've pointed out. But if you can, if you can forget about this podcast, then you might just enjoy yourself.
0: <laughs> and again, rooting for Catherine Heigl to have her own resurrection of her career, and hope for oh, James Morrison to grow a bigger career. You know, I feel like he could be an A-lister, even a B-lister, but.
1: He could, and, I, and it's weird that he's not.
0: Yeah, be <laughs> yeah, an A-lister. But yes, that is 27 Dresses, and now I think we can segue onwards to Good Words. If we don't have any more thoughts, we have good words and this is the segment where each of us gets to recommend something. A book, a movie, a TV show, a podcast, music, anything, what you want. So, Karen, what is your good word?
1: I um have been doing a lot of prepping for spooky season, because it's my favorite time of year. So I have been trying to rewatch or, well, finish watching Wednesday on Netflix, um, which I think is probably fraught now because of all the things that have come out about how grueling the set was and how difficult it was for the actors that were in it. Um, But it is, like, it's not bad. And I love The Addams Family. It didn't, you know, wasn't, like... I just love the movies, you know, from, like, the 90s and the 2000s. And it's, it's a fun... I don't know, as a as a former like dark goth girly. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's nice to like watch it and just be like, Oh, like what what a cute little kind of like spoopy movie, I guess. Um and I wish I had more I I when you said a good word, I was like, Oh, I forgot to think of something. But that's what I've been watching oh. lately.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. Well one day one day. I am glad that you picked that actually because I did a podcast on that earlier in the year. Whole podcast on it. Okay. And I enjoyed it actually quite a bit, to my surprise. Not perfect. I don't care for the Love Triangle trope and that. Sure. Bringing up Love Triangles again. But here we go. But the show was surprisingly entertaining and I really did enjoy like even like the general Ortega with you know great in it and Oh yeah. Oh, and then also Emma Myers. Yes. Yes.
1: Yes, for sure. Yeah,
0: definitely. Uh, so yeah, one day, you no, know, definitely, you know, got some of uh, the issues with, as you were saying, what happened on set, and also one of the stars, I think, it was it Percy Hines White being a creep. Is that him?
1: Yeah, I th- I hadn't really delved that deep into it, but yeah, I did kind of hear some rumblings. About
0: yeah, that. just uh, oof. Gross, yes. It, oh yeah, Besides, right. <laughs> apparently he was, his character was written out of season 2. Oh
1: good, yeah. okay.
0: Following the sexual assault allegations. Ooh, yes. hate that. Uh, oh yes, oh yes, the user claimed that Heinz White, and his friends threw parties and provided alcohol and drugs to underage girls in order to have sex with them. why?
1: Have sex as in rape. You're right, that's not sex. <laughs> <gasps>
0: Get the wording uh, proper, article.
1: My god.
0: <laughs> yeah. But yes, Wednesday, I'll back that up.
1: Wednesday. <laughs> so
0: that's your good word, and now my good word, I'm going to I'm gonna provide two movies here. One is the 1995 dark comedy, The Last Supper, which is, like, I, I feel like people have not really heard about this movie. It's uh, very like, under the radar. It's a movie about this group of liberals who ended up inadvertently killing a conservative who comes to their dinner. And then they end up creating this whole plot to murder more conservatives.
1: Interesting. It is a
0: very interesting movie that is uh, fascinating to watch in our modern day lens, to say the least, <laughs> and watch like the morals of this movie, the politics, even just like setting that aside, setting aside the commentary, It also is just like, visually, I love the visuals, it's got like this this cozy vibe to it, I love the aesthetics, and it feels like the kind of movie you could, like, you could sit down in in an armchair, like a leather armchair, and drink a snifter of of brandy while watching it.
1: (laughs) I love that. That sounds like a lot like the plot of The Hunt, have you seen that movie?
0: I haven't, but I did think of that, I was like, oh yeah, I know about The Hunt. Like,
1: it's a the Hunt is an interesting movie
0: too. Yeah, I think it's on my watch list and oh, oh and the cast I I, I like the uh, charming cast here. We have we have even have some people popping in with for cameos like like Bill Paxton and Jason Alexander. <laughs> it's more...
1: Oh my god, that's so random.
0: And Cameron Diaz <laughs> plays one of the liberals, <laughs> which is like
1: Oh my god. And it's so
0: strange to see her pop up in that movie, but also good. Like I you know I like her and I love her, so nice I see her in, in that movie. And the last up, again, interesting to watch through a modern day lens, I'm kind of like, I can get where the movie comes from at the end of the day, when it's telling its ultimate message, but there is also part of me that's like, yeah, but this movie takes place in the 90s, and I feel like it's a different environment compared to today's perspective, where it's like, oh, it's not yeah. even just conservatives, it's not just, just like your regular old conservatives, it's like just conservatives, and then just the Trumpian, Ron DeSantis brand of yeah, conservatives. Okay, yeah. It's like a whole different yeah. far right branch.
1: It's completely different than it was in the 90s. Like when I was growing up, I remember people being like, oh, you know, I've been going on some dates with this guy and he's found out that he's a Republican or whatever, but you know, I could still see us together. Now that would never happen. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, on and on, even if it has some little like nitpicks that I have with it here and there, I think Last Supper is definitely worth checking out. A little known movie, and what is it on? It was wait, what, let me double check because I saw, yeah, it's not it's not streaming anywhere, so I have to like, yeah, it, okay. it's on VODs. So like you can rent It's like three ninety nine. So, but okay. I think it used it. Okay. I think it did use it on Tubi though, so it might pop up on again.
1: Okay, I'll have to see because I would really like to watch.
0: Yes. That. Oh, also, uh, Ron Perlman. It also pop, pops up. He actually, po- I love he pops up movie. as a character who's based directly off of, uh, I'm forgetting, I'm I'm blanking on his name. Describe. He, he's like the right wing. He's dead. Right wing broadcaster. Oh, Rush Limbaugh. Yeah. So I, why did I forget his name? Yeah. Yes. His character is Ron Perlman's character is directly based off of Rush Limbaugh, so it's interesting to see oh him play God. that character.
1: Oh my god. Ron Perlman plays such a good conservative, but he is like a died in the wool yeah. like leftist. In Did real you life. hear about like, the way how he talked
0: about the executive? Who executive was like, oh, your house, what if been set on fire? Hmm, hmm? <laughs> During the strikes.
1: <laughs> he's he's Ron Perlman is based yeah. AF. Yes. Like, in Fighting life. for the
0: workers.
1: It's the same with um with um henry rollins like henry rollins always plays a nazi but in real life he's like super lefty <laughs> yes
0: uh well hey you brought up nazis that's a great transition into the next movie and glorious <laughs> bastards
1: oh my god i love this movie i
0: loved it i gave it a full five stars another box when i i saw it recently it's like Damn, you know, in a current period where America is falling into this increasingly fascist direction, where Nazis are being increasingly normalized, white right, supremacy, it's just nice to watch a movie where Nazis get fucked up! Yeah,
1: they get what they fucking
0: deserve. Yes, and it's, like, this movie makes no qualms about it, and it it's just, they, they kill the Nazis! They deserve nothing <laughs> but the violence! <laughs> and it's also just like it's a well-made movie i love the dialogue i love the like technicality. i love technicality the technical craft the cast i love the cast especially christoph waltz and for
1: all his flaws I-, I love tarantino
0: yes yes and uh and christoph waltz also like he's oh my I, I i've always heard about hans landa about like i've always seen him pop up on lists of like oh favorite movie villains and i've always heard about how like Christoph Waltz is amazing in this, like, just made him more popular, made him more famous, just won him an Oscar. And now it's like, okay, now I get it.
1: Oh, yeah, the the whole German 3 scene, like, I just top-notch performance. I freaking love him in this yes.
0: movie. And it's funny, this is only one of two Quentin Tarantino movies I've seen. The other one is, is Reservoir Dogs, which, surprisingly enough, oh. I've also given five stars.
1: What a
0: great movie! Yeah, I sp- I'm saying surprisingly because, like, okay, yeah, it's Quentin Tarantino. Like, I know, I know he's a acclaimed director, but I feel like I might go in like, oh, maybe I'll have a heartache. Like, maybe the movies won't be that good. But well, then so I come t- out t- of them. I mean,
1: not everything not everything that he touches is great you know like that's there's true. some movies that are but like in majority of his movies he's still my favorite director yeah like, of like probably all
0: time yeah th- th- that's why i have like oh you know maybe some movies won't be all that good but then it's like oh no i give both reservoir dogs and and glorious bastards five stars
1: you should if you like those movies you really should watch full fiction it is i will long, but it's very I will. good
0: oh trust me like well Pulp Fiction may be long, but hey, and so was *Glorious Bastards*, and that just, that's that true. flew by for me. I, I that felt like an hour and a half, not like a two and a half hour on time.
1: I, I really like, enjoyed *Once Upon a Time in Hollywood* as well. That was, that was a okay, good. Okay,
0: interesting, interesting. I, 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 hear some. I always hear some like mixed stuff about that. I hear some people who love that. I hear some people who don't like it. Interesting, interesting.
1: It's an interesting, it's a little bit of a history retcon, but he's good at that. So
0: Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, also does it with Inglorious Bastards, too, so. Right, right. Well, those are my two good words, Last Supper and Inglorious Bastards, and now we have done the whole podcast! I want to thank you so much, Karen, for coming on. Now you get to promote yourself, promote your podcast. Where can people find you?
1: Thank you. I'm I'm so glad I got to be on as well again. We are the Chick Lit Podcast with Karen and Aubrey, myself and my best friend, as Arthur so eloquently said at the beginning of the show, reading books we read growing up and um, kind of talking about them, mostly in a comedic way, um, sometimes in an analytic way. And you can find us anywhere you listen to podcasts. We're on everything. Uh, we were even on Stitcher until they decided to call it quits. Oh, um, <laughs> rip stitcher what a time to be alive we are on instagram at chiclet pod and we are also on whatever the hell twitter's called now um i refuse to call it x we're on twitter at chiclet pod mm. as well we did just get a blue sky but i'm not using it a whole whole lot i believe that is also chiclet pod so if you want to follow us on there feel free i may not check it very often but you can
0: <laughs> yeah i'm not a blue sky yeah We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens.
1: I can I can send you an invite, I guess, now since I <laughs> am I on
0: there. <laughs> we shall see. I'm staying on Twitter right now because I want to see like how is this is all gonna pan out.
1: I do too. I'm here for the I'm here to, for the memes, and I'm here to like watch the dis- I'm I'm here to watch Elon Musk implode in on himself like a dying star because this is the first thing in his life he's actually had to. Figure out how to do, no. and didn't just steal from other people. So,
0: oh, Elon Musk. Did you see that whole thing about him wearing the cowboy hat backwards? No, I think he was at. I think he was out the out of border. I think at the Mexican border. He okay,
1: is just a fucking piece of work, man. I could go on and yeah. on, and, and I won't because that's not what this podcast <laughs> is about.
0: Uh, and then before I promote myself, I want to say that James Marston. I've got note idea. He recently turned fifty years old on September eighteenth.
1: Wow! Wow! So he was like thirty-five in this movie.
0: Wait, ni- wait! Nineteen seventy-three was his was his birth year. Yeah. yeah. Damn. Damn. Wow. Okay. Okay. Wow. Oh, his father was a food safety advisor to Luxorine Industries, and his mom was a nutritionist. Ooh, interesting. Huh.
1: Okay. made in food heaven. <laughs>
0: And as for my socials, you can find this podcast on Twitter and Instagram at 2 underscore science critic. You can follow my personal accounts on Twitter, Good Pods, Storygraph, Letterboxd, and TikTok at author underscore anti You can find me on Goodreads at authorhowald. If you want to email me, you can reach me at email2sensecritic at yahoo.com. That's, th- that's the number two, not the number two. <laughs> and then you can also check out my blog at 2sensecritic.com. Again, it's the, the number two, the, num- the numeral two, not the word two <laughs> for the website. And then you can subscribe, rate, and review this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, whether it's on Spotify, iTunes, Good Pods, all of those services. I wish I could say Google Podcasts, but unfortunately, they're shutting down next year and combining with YouTube music.
1: Are they finally calling it
0: this? Yeah. Combining, combining with yeah, YouTube music. Well, yeah, yeah, so. yeah, yeah.
1: Nobody, I mean... Who cares? It's Google Podcasts. Who uses Google? Far more people use Stitcher, I'm sure.
0: Yeah, I'm because I look at I look at stats on Anchor on and I see I I've seen some numbers for Stitcher and then I also have seen numbers for Google Podcasts. It's some, but not nearly as big as other services. Mm, yeah. mm-hmm.
1: I'm a big fan of Pocket Casts. Actually, I oh. was doing. I hate Apple's Apple Podcasts app um i was on spotify for a while but i actually really like pocket cast the way that it's organized oh, yeah. it's just i don't know the ui is very pleasing to me so okay
0: interesting <laughs> interesting i've been it's what i've been using okay. i've been sticking with spotify for the most pod and then a bit of good pods
1: they also allow you to copy and paste custom urls so if you subscribe to um like people's patreons that have custom podcast feeds you can copy and paste them there and have like an entire podcast feed instead of like, I don't think Spotify, if it does let you do that, it's kind of like jumbled up with all of your other stuff. It's not like separated out the way that I like it yeah. to be. So,
0: oh, interesting, interesting. Okay. Well, again, Karen, thank you so much for returning to Two Sense Critic. Yay.
1: Yay. I'm so glad I got to come Yay. back. And next time I'll bring Aubrey with me. Please, please do. <laughs>
0: <sighs> and until next time, stay healthy and stay strong.